everyone, welcome to Game Face episode 174 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I am so freaking excited, I can't even hold it in. <laughs> Here we are in our brand new studio, people. Uh, I want to thank all you guys. Without you guys, this would not be possible. I cannot tell you how elated I am that we have our own space. I'm sure Matt would concur on that as well. Oh, yeah, although poor one out for Old Blue. Yeah. That couch couch soldiered through. It did. It was a good companion for a while, but uh, it is awesome to be here in our new space. Um, yeah, I've been here, living here basically for the last like week, getting everything set up, getting everything wired, uh, getting the set dressed. I hope you guys like the set, what we've done with it. Um, we're not going to tell you all the people that are on the set. You're going to have to figure it out and rely on camera angles from the show to try to suss out every person that we have here on our set. I feel really like compelled to talk about sports. <laughs> uh, I was talking to Matt um, about it, and like if when, where we're sitting, you can't really tell who these people are. The farther back you get, you can their faces become clear on camera. I think it's pretty obvious yeah, for it's you better guys. on camera. Yeah, I think on cam. Yeah, you you guys can see who the people are, but where we're sitting is just a bunch of dots. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, thank you guys for being patient. That's the other thing I want to bring up uh, right out of the top. Uh, thanks for being patient with us. It has been a long process getting to here. Um, obviously, once you secure the space, you have to get insurance, you have to jump through a bunch of hoops and do a bunch of paperwork, and that's what I've been up to, getting all this done. So I want to thank all our patrons, all our subscribers, very, very much for being patient during this month, but we are ready to rock. And another reason that we're here right now is because we have an awesome sponsor, and here's a word from them right now. Feeling the urge to get away from it all, permanently, or for months at a time? Immerse yourself in the best Montana has to offer on 320 acres of remote, heavily forested property. Gaze at your own private lake from the deck of the log cabin. Truly off the grid, soak in a custom wood fire heated hot tub surrounded by wilderness and wildlife. Visit www.lostlakemontana.com for more detailed information and images. You can also contact Doug DeShazer today at DeShazerMT at gmail.com or 406-291. One six four three. That's DeShazerMT at gmail.com or 406-291-1643. I've been so stressed out since E3 that I think I'm about to buy that property. <laughs> I just moved to the woods by a lake. It has been insane. It is so satisfying to be sitting here right now with Game Face happening. Um, we're going to kick things off by talking a little bit about the new studio and how things are gonna change going forward. So having the studio gives us a lot of opportunities to do all kinds of different shows and different types of content. We had launched a bunch of stuff before we lost our studio. One of those shows was Today's High Score, which is a call-in show uh, that we had done for a few weeks before we lost our studio and it was starting to gain momentum. The show got better every week. Uh, we got to the point where we literally had calls wall to wall for like an hour and a half on the very last episode, and then we lost the studio. So today's high score is coming back. Um, not this weekend, because this weekend I'm actually going on a Sifted Community podcast. Look for that on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, so I won't be able to do today's high score here in the studio, but week after, it's on. Every Saturday, call-in show. 
I'll breach the topic, so you guys call in and talk about them, and we're going to discuss stuff together. Uh, so look for that. The quiz show that I have uh, talked about and dreamed about for a while is coming. Uh, working on the structure for that right now, but it is going to happen. Uh, we're going to need you guys to volunteer for that. Um, <laughs> And there's going to be prizes and things like that. Uh, but when the time comes, I'll go into more detail about that. But hopefully you guys are excited about it and you guys will participate. And that's really what we want to do is we want to get you guys as involved in po as possible with our content uh, to feel like you guys have some ownership over it and that you're a part of it. Because to me, you absolutely are. You are a part of Sifted as a community. So uh, let's talk about some technical stuff that's maybe boring to some of you. I saw some comments in the chat. First of all, we're gonna be engaged with chat a lot more. So we just have everything set up right now. We don't have everything finished yet. So eventually this PC that's sitting here with me is going to be a real PC right now. And I'll spin it around for you guys so you can see. It's our monitor. So this is so Matt and I can see what's actually going on with the show. Infinity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna go into infinity. Also, what I should have said off the top of the show is we have a new TriCaster TD. His name is Jared, and he has his own space now. He's right inside that window. Maybe you can see his hand sticking <laughs> up there. Yeah, uh, it is not a shower. Yeah, so, <laughs> so not only did Matt and I get an upgrade, our TriCaster TD also got an upgrade uh, with the new studio. We're really excited about it. Uh, it's his first day, so we're going to try to take it easy on him, but eventually you'll, you'll probably see him on camera, and he'll be a part of the show like Sam was. Uh, we still miss Sam a lot. If you guys are wondering, he stayed in contact with me. He's doing good. He's out in Boston living his life. Um, well, which is it? What? He's is he in doing Boston? good or is he in Boston? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shay. Touche. Touche. Um, uh, so let's talk about I saw some of you guys saying, uh, why do you guys have mics? Um, first of all, I hope by now you can already see that the audio is way better. Way, way better than it was before. Certainly more dependable. Yeah, so before we used to use lav mics, and um, a lot of that comes from the type of shows that I have been creating at the various places I worked. They were shows that were either on television or meant to be on television, with the hope that they would eventually be on television. And there's a certain look and a style with those shows, and typically you use lavs. And uh, we got a lot of pushback about the length of the show everywhere, across YouTube especially. People were like, the show's too long. But nobody says Joe Rogan's show is too long. Why is that? It's because when you watch Joe Rogan's show, it looks like a podcast. It doesn't look like a show made for television. And when you look at that, you have certain expectations built in your mind of what you expect from that show. So, like he's like, these guys are just gonna talk, right, forever. Yeah, I mean, when you like, see a setup like this, you assume it's a podcast. Um, and I also feel like, well, one, so we're we're basically creating expectations of what the show is instead of what it's not with the setup now. Um, audio hits were a big problem for us for a long time. Mm -hmm. Matt and I, uh, when we had the lofts, our shirts would hit it or we'd breathe and you get that loud like thump, thump, thump. Those are mm -hmm. gone. They're or never- the, uh, the packs like had wire connection problems. Like for uh, the last like few months, we had to leave the packs on the ground because uh, yep. keeping them somewhere would make the Thing wiggle yeah, we're, we're just having problems with noise. Our audio is going to be awesome. And another way I want to grow the show is as a podcast. I want people to go and subscribe to this show on iTunes. One of the big pushes that we have coming up here is we're going to start distributing the show across a lot of podcasting platforms. And when you do that, you, the audio needs to be on point. And I can, we can hear ourselves right now. Our audio sounds awesome compared to how it used mm -hmm. to sound. So 
It's a huge upgrade. also help with the audio at E3. It will, absolutely. So it's a huge upgrade um, in so many ways. I also think it sets the expectations for the show correctly, finally. Uh, this is a video game podcast. I think a lot of people, Matt and I both come from the same background where everything we create is supposed to go on TV or look like it's supposed to be on TV. That's not what Game Face is. So I feel like we're better representing the show now. Phases for radio, folks. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. I was getting to that joke, but... <laughs> But anyway, uh, hopefully you guys like it. It is a little weird at first. I know you guys are used to seeing our faces, and now a little bit of our faces are obscured. You'll get used to it. It'll take a little while, but you'll get used to it. And I think ultimately, those of you guys who just listened to the audio file, you are going to love this change without a doubt. And again, that's something that we really want to push going forward is getting some momentum as just a podcast and not necessarily a video on its own. So here we are. We're ready to rock with you guys. We've been playing a ton of games. Um, I've been burning the midnight oil with all this stuff, but also finding an hour or two to play games at night pretty much every night. Matt and I have been playing, and we're ready to give you our impressions of the biggest games of the week. And we're going to kick things off with Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Uh, this is a Switch exclusive. Yep. Uh, it's not coming to any other platform for now, maybe ever, because Nintendo published it. Yeah, I think uh, normally if Nintendo publishes something, you're not going to see it elsewhere. Because it's I, like a very small thing or mobile shit, I don't know. But I would not expect to ever see a PS4 version of this. Yeah, I reached out to Activision for code, stupidly. I didn't realize Nintendo was publishing it. Mm -hmm. And Activision was like, oh no, that's not our game. And <laughs> as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, this game's never going anywhere no. else. Um, so it is a cooperative, four-player, isometric action RPG set in the Marvel Universe. Some is that accurate? Of, some form <laughs> of the Marvel Universe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how many characters total are there? There's a lot. Um, I think it's something like 30-ish around yeah. there, like 28, 30. Uh, data Mining has found 50 DLC character slots. Um, so Holy I would, moly. So it's it, going to be like a Marvel versus Capcom type thing. Um, minus the Capcom. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying as there's, far as roster size. There's going to be a lot of... Uh, if you can think of them, they're probably in here um, eventually. I think Cyclops and Colossus are coming at the end of August. And um, they've got three DLCs announced, three DLC packs announced, Marvel Knights, Fantastic Four, and X-Men. Um, they've shown a few characters from the Marvel Knights one. I think it's Blade, Moon Knight couple others uh, but they said that they were just a few of the characters and so like you might be getting like 10 characters per pack here or something and like they got two more packs in the future or something um there's there's going to be some robust post-launch support for this because it is nintendo and nintendo does tend to be pretty good about that like i so i would expect to see like hyrule warriors level support for this in terms of like going for i wouldn't be surprised if the dlc had stages because uh, I don't think these stages take forever to make. Exactly. Yeah, they're they're um, kind of cut and paste. A little bit, like the couple, of, like the boss battles tend to have like a like Copy some kind of some kind of trick to them, um, like some kind of like thing. Uh, basically, a trick to them you can make the things go faster. Uh, but you can you can beat it brute force if you want. Um, I think it's fun. Like I, I don't. I played my, the X Men Legends games, and then I tried to play the Ultimate Alliance games. I found the Ultimate Alliance games boring for the most part. They just went on and on and on. Yeah, they and never on really connected on. with me either. Um, and I never finished one or two. Uh, I just sort of got halfway through, and I was like, you know what? I've I've beaten up enough Hydra guys at a certain point. Uh, I like this a lot better. 
Um, I think the combat feels better. I think everybody feels more like their own character for the most part. Like there are certain just certain types of attacks in general. But yeah, like, there really aren't any like clones. No, nobody really. I mean, even the spider people feel very. Yeah, different. they do. Yeah, um, and there are multiple because the Into the Spider Verse is represented very yeah. well in the game. You've got uh, which I finally saw, by the way, and loved. Oh, it's great! Really great! It's great! And uh, so, if you are a Spider Verse fan, you you're going to be happy with this. You've got Spider Man and Miles and Gwen and Venom, um, and uh, so you, so you can have a full team. You have a full team of four. You have a full team of Spider People. You yeah, know, there's even a synergy bonus for that. Um, yeah, are, your team construction matters. Yes, if you team up characters that are typically teamed up in the movies and comics, that you get bonuses for for well, those team compositions. You, you get a bunch of team bonus for, for in terms of that, and then the, the more important synergy because the way it works is so you've got your basic attacks, you got a light attack and a heavy attack. The heavy attack mostly combos into the end of the light combo if you want to. Um, there's there's both buttons do the same thing in the air for some yeah. reason. Um, air attacks can be very useful early on, depending on who your character is. Um, they can be very useful throughout the entirety of the game. Yeah, I mean, my, my if you have a character that can fly, it's a huge advantage. Although the thing about when you can fly, um, it drains your ability meter. It does. I didn't I didn't notice that until yeah. like late in the game. It's still though, it, it's invaluable, especially when you get because a lot of the a lot of the this game is. We're going to plop you down in this restrictive area, and then we're going to flood it with enemies. Yeah. And if you can fly, when those areas are flooded with enemies and there are just attacks coming from all directions, you can just hump, hop up and fly around it, find an empty space on the battlefield, and drop back down. Well, that's my... Right, right now, actually, you're seeing one of my favorite inclusions, which is Elsa Bloodworth, or Bloodstone. Yeah. Um, who obscure. Is very obscure, yeah. uh, like, Marvel Knights, sort of, um, sort of the same corner of the universe is Blade and Mephisto and Ghost Rider and those guys. Like, putting her in was, was a surprise. Uh, I don't think she's actually very good as a character. All the, the range characters in this are a little too fragile, in my opinion. Um, well, my main, but, you uh, can see who my main is. Scarlet Witch? Yeah. Scarlet Witch is really good. She, Yeah, I haven't had many problems. I mean, obviously, she's she, uh, up close, she's a, a liability, but... No, but she, she's a tornado from, from back. Uh, I, in fact, she was on my team permanently until I got Storm. Oh, I haven't and even got Storm yet. Storm, uh, Storm has this ice, like this area of effect ice attack that basically, like, freezes everyone it's just like just stand still while i beat you with captain marvel that's basically oh. my that's basically my strategy well, that's, now. that's crazy because a big mechanic in this game is staggering enemies mm -hmm. that's i mean particularly some of the bosses and the tougher enemies they have that meter they have a two meters they the have a health meter, meter yeah. they have a health meter and a stagger meter and when you chip them down and that stagger meter goes down they get staggered and that's when you just unload mm -hmm. uh so yeah i could see where storm having that ability yeah, kind of cheats it a bit um yeah, my main my main uh, character I play as mostly is Captain Marvel, um, because as you say, uh, so so you also in addition to the normals you have abilities, which yep. are sort of like you know, use up your blue meter to do whatever abilities. Captain Marvel has a photon punch, which is like a dash punch, and it does huge stagger damage. So early on, I gravitated to her because she could take the stagger meter down in like two punches. Oh wow! And then like That's and big. then her aerial attack is this ground slam, which is, does really good damage. Uh, and uh, so basically after, and then you've got synergies where um, you hold the, the right, uh, the top right bu button to do the, hold it and press a button, the space button to do abilities, you hold the right trigger 
and you do team up abilities. Yeah, and the team up abilities like are synergies with the elemental types of, of like so like a if you have a pro- laser projectile like you can maybe do a synergy with like a. a like a slam attack or something, and you'll do like extra damage and get a big pop, and it'll you know. That's, so basically, you. That's you, also how you how you open doors sometimes to secret items. I have run into a lot of bugs with that. Oh really? Because like what you're supposed to do is like you go up to the the secret doors, and it shows you like two the icons, the two icons. Yeah. And then if you hold the uh, the trigger, you'll see like any any character you have that you hold the trigger on, you'll see it'll flash like a special flash. Saying like, "Hey, you have this. They have the thing you need for this," and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Because part of the trick is you have to hit it with the first ability first, yeah, and then the second one. And sometimes the way the automatic activation works, that's just not how it happens. So sometimes you have to go and manually do the first ability and then quickly switch to the other character and hit hit it with the second ability, which is not the end of the world, but it is not how the game tells you those work. No, it's right. Um, it's true. There's yeah. a lot of weird... Like, the game gets, like, messier as it goes on. Like, I'm in Chapter 8 right now. There's 10 chapters total. At this point, there are, like, every time it does, like, a cutscene, there's missing sound effects. Oh, really? There's, mis- there's, there's like, like, clearly, like, there's, there's, like, battle scenes. It's it's in, uh, the chapter is in Wakanda, and, like, there's a lot of fighting and big battle scenes, and, like, people are getting blown off, like, roofs, and, like, things are being, like, exploding, and, like, there's no sound effect for it. There's just nothing. Like, the, the voices are going, the terrible, terrible music is playing <laughs> that doesn't it is bad. have any re- response, reaction, or relevance to what's happening on screen ever. Like, the music is real generic in this. I w- I'm actually a little shocked that a Nintendo-published game has... Uh, so many problems. That That's very rare. Yeah. yeah, Nintendo's games generally have very little, if any, bugs. I'm sure it will like get better as you as it goes on. But in general, I do like it. I think is an improvement over what came before. The roster's crazy. I'm having a lot of fun. I am pleasantly surprised by how much I it's like. It's not this a game. pushover. Like it's it, like, no. there's some challenging stuff in it. Yeah, like there was one boss that I fought that with my team composition that I had been rolling with for a good hour and a half. I was just walking through the game, and I got to this choke point of a boss. And I fought it with that same team, and I could not beat it. Like, I literally got the boss down to, like, the same pixels of health left five times in a row. I was like, all right. I went back to the shield point. And the shield points are basically checkpoints in this game, but they're more than that. Uh, You can basically go in and fiddle with your team and upgrade things mid-mission. And so I went back. I changed my team to characters who were much lower leveled than the characters I was using. And because I just chose the right characters, I beat it first try. So team composition's very important in this. And then you start getting into like all the the stones that you can attach to your characters. And then eventually you get the ability to start upgrading those. Like the the rabbit hole goes pretty deep in this game. It certainly deeper than it looks. It's like, what's the saying? Shallow waters run deep. <laughs> it doesn't look like a raging river, but the more you start digging into it, the more you realize that there's a lot of flexibility in how you can build your team, how you can approach each character that's on your team. Uh, and like you said, the challenge is pretty much perfect. You go through sections where you just kind of destroy, which feels good. Uh, then you hit some bumps in the road where you kind of got to, I don't know, recalibrate a little bit, maybe mix up your team, but most importantly, probably mix up your strategy and how you're approaching it, or maybe let the computer control the character that you've been controlling yourself and take control of another character because maybe Thor is is better for you to control in this particular fight. Uh, I have been pleasantly surprised by this game. I really... 
You I, weren't impressed at first. I wasn't at all. No. Uh, and when they sent me the code, I was like, oh, I'm so busy right now. Maybe I'll get around to it. And I got home late that night and started playing it, and I got hooked. And I kind of just started the last, like, five nights in a row. I'm just spending an hour, two hours playing it. Uh, and I'm, I just finished Chapter 6, so I'm just a little bit past halfway. Uh, but I can absolutely see myself pushing forward and finishing this game. Uh Provided something else doesn't come along that starts mm-hmm. taking up my time, I would. I there's a couple things in it that I think are a little odd. Like I think you can get stun locked way too easy. Um, like if you get hit by anything, you sort of it, you, you you tend to get interrupted. Which certain characters that feel that doesn't make any sense. Like like you should not be able to interrupt Captain Marvel's wind up for right. a right a, like some kind of a, like powered ability, especially if you're going to drain my ability meter. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and there's points where like there's certain character certain enemies that like do like kind of these area of effect things where you just get stuck in them and you can't do it. The only thing you can do is dodge out of it. Yeah. And if you try to do anything else, you'll sit there and keep getting hit, and your life can go down real fast in this game. There. Um, oh yeah. You can take. There are some battles where you take just a couple hits and yeah. you're done. And yeah. I think there's a couple characters that have uh, healing abilities. They're not common, but uh, Scarlet Witch can do it. I think Doctor Strange gets one. It's so they're, weak though. They're completely it's underpowered. Pointless. Yeah. Underpowered. It's like you can stand there in that fulcrum like, and. Well, because yeah, well, because like Scarlet Witch is like a field she creates that heals you slowly, but yeah. it's like. It heals you so weakly that there's no way it's worth risking staying in one place that long to heal like a hundred something damage. Like it's not worth it. I don't like, use it. So yeah. they should. So I, well, she's I, my main, and I never use it. So I think there there needs to be some a little balancing redone. I here. agree because that's not just that either. Like her other like for instance, even one, when you upgrade it to maximum, it's not particularly useful. I mean, a lot. I would say a lot of not a lot. I would say several characters are pretty worthless. And I would say with any character, there's at least one ability or attack that you will never use. Mm-hmm. Um, which, Except as a synergy. Right. Really. Unless you have to. Yeah. Um, did we talk about the team up, the big team up finishers? Oh, the the extreme? Yeah. Stuff? No. So if you look, um, and I know we're not showing it right now, but each character has three bars around mm-hmm. their icon. And the center one is gold. Uh, Jared, actually, if you take down that graphic just for a second so they can see that bar in the lower left, that would be awesome. Sweet. Um, You can't actually see the gold bar right now, but there it is, just flashing up. So that gold bar, when it's full, you can pull off basically your finisher. And if the other people on your team are also at that point, you can link together all their finishers into one crazy, devastating attack. Sometimes. Like... Mine have been, like, mind-searing, like, like the ones the, that I've seen. Some of the extremes are good. Some of them are not. Oh, really? Um, th- there's a – I mean, it's interesting. It's a testament to how well the game is designed from, like, a macro level that there aren't really any non-viable characters. Like, if you like a character, you can put them in your team, and you can use them, and you will get through it. Like, it's fine. Like It can be tough with some of them. Depending on the situation. But in general, like, I I didn't have to start changing team members out specifically to deal with with situations until probably Chapter 6. Until then, I just used whoever I wanted. And, um... So, like, even though I'm... I'd say Star-Lord is pretty much a useless character. Like, if you want to play a Star-Lord you absolutely can like there's no bad choices they're just better choices yeah um which is how it should be because they're you know they're definitely were literally non-viable characters in the old games um i would say this too it's not like they have buffed the more popular characters 
No. I could see that being a tactic where they're like, wait a minute, everyone wants to play as Iron Man, Thor, Spider-Man, so let's make them more powerful to give the people what they want. Well, I would actually say Spider-Man is probably the best character in the game. He is. And um, actually, the other characters from the Spider-Verse, I almost so always... The Spider-Verse ha- are all good. Miles is amazing. Like, Miles, I almost always have one of them on my party. I had Miles on my party for most of the game because he has that electric web ability. Yep. That just wrecks. In it fact, does, now, in yeah. fact, now thinking about, it, I should put him on the same team with Storm because that plus the Ice Storm thing would just end stuff. <laughs> like that would that that's a that's a good idea. I'm going to do that when I get home. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's no one in there. That I just you know, and really, I say Star Lord is not great because I have not been impressed with his damage and I don't think he's fun to play. But if you like Star Lord, I'm sure you can play him just fine. Oh, we didn't talk about the plot. Well, <laughs> should we? <laughs> For something called the Black Order, there's not a lot of the Black Order. There's really not. They don't like, even show up until Chapter Six. Like you think he's they talk a, about him. Well, Proxima, well, Mid- Proxima Midnight the shows big up players pretty early. Do. Yeah. Um, but like, if you're expecting this to be like a running battle against Thanos, it isn't. No. Like you see, so you don't see Thanos until the end of. It is chapter like six. the other games. It is a kind of a guided tour of what Marvel thinks is popular right now, um, and a couple things they want you to like and are going to show you whether you like it or not, the Inhumans. <laughs> yeah. Because um, let's face it, the Inhumans, even before that terrible TV show, have always been Dime Store X-Men. Oh, for and sure. And thankfully, the Inhumans chapter on this is, like, super short. Yeah. Like, someone knew. Someone knew <laughs> Someone knew we didn't want to spend a whole lot of a time, a lot of time in Adelan. Yeah. But um, the X-Men chapter is pretty short, too, uh, which makes me wonder if... Um, it makes me wonder if, like, the X... That's because they're reserving some stuff for the X-Men DLC. Uh, also, Adelan... I, I would bet... Yeah, I mean, it's basically just kind of one battle, really. Yeah, I would bet that Adelan is also related to the Fantastic Four um, DLC, so maybe there'd be more Adelan in that. A joy. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so, like, I don't know. We'll see. But, um... Whoop. Gotta watch the hand gestures hitting the mic. <laughs> it's gonna be a learning curve for us two people. But, um... Uh... Yeah, the, the black... Basically, like... Uh, you're just collecting the stones again. Yeah, That's, you're collecting the stones. It's, it's the usual Infinity Stone uh, yeah. rush. Um, and in this one, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy find a derelict uh, Kree ship, uh, and they find Ronan and Nebula on it, and it turns out they're trying to defend... They've got all the Infinity Stones on the ship, because that's smart. <laughs> and they're trying to, def- to trying to stop the Black Order from getting the stones for Thanos. And they fail because you interfere. And uh, Star Lord uses the stones to like tra- teleport them to Earth, and the stones get scattered across the planet. And naturally, a bunch of Marvel supervillains pick up the individual stones and cause problems. So you have to go beat like the best of the you know a, a who's who of Marvel supervillains and get the stones back. And it is interesting seeing like a Green Goblin. Yeah. Kind of getting mixed in with the Infinity Stone thing. Yeah, there's some characters in here you might not expect to see. Yeah. Um, there's, some, there's some fun inclusions. For sure, yeah. Uh, there you can see the roster. And well, I don't have everyone unlocked yet. Yeah, the roster's pretty it's gigantic. I mean, you're close. Yeah. Uh, you get all but four from the story, and then uh, there's four bonus characters that are unlocked through this, which is the Infinity Challenges. Yeah, so these are those are basically arena combat yeah. levels. Like, they're hard. Yeah. To me, they're the most difficult part of the game. But got, you get huge rewards for it. Yeah, you, and they also are a good way to level up if you feel yeah. like you're not hacking your way through the story properly. Or you can just take characters. If you get have characters that are under-leveled that you want to start using, you can take them in Infinity and level them up that way. But you also pick up these uh, cosmic like experience stones that you can like just automatically like you know auto-level them really fast. Like You just use them up and, and get experience automatically. 
Um, the buff trees in this game are insane. Yeah, there's a lot of upgrades. They potential. just keep going and go. Like I, it's like they're hexagons that are filled with like mm-hmm. 30 options, and you think that that first hexagon you get is the only one, and then but there's another hexagon after every point of the original. Of every hex, yeah. It, they're, they're, you can upgrade your character so much. Yeah, and the level cap is 100, I yeah, believe. Yeah, um, and I'm like level 23. Yeah, the infinite, I mean, the infinity thing, the f- I have three stars on everything in the first The first riff, grouping. The first rift yeah. thing. Um, and then, like... Yeah, I'm, here now you're... These are the yeah. upgrade trees. Look at this, people. It's insane. It just goes on and on. Yeah, you are... I mean, they are prepared for you to play this game over and over and over and over. There's, I think there's two difficulty unlocks yeah. after you complete the game. Um, like, they're not messing around. They, they're trying to make this a long-lived game. I would argue, too, that you spend so little time in most locations that playing this again isn't like a lot of games. Maybe that's the copy-and-paste aesthetic coming through because... Bit. There's not a lot of sort of memorable, definitive locations in the game. There's like no. one or two per chapter. I mean, it's a dungeon crawl. The main yeah. difference is who you're fighting. I found fighting these guys really annoying. Yeah. Um, th- this is actually my least favorite level in the this whole game. This was the worst level that I played. It's uh, the last one I played. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's the, the Dark Dimension, so there's a lot of Dormammu in this. But uh, it's, it's the first level that really plays with um, doing weird stuff to like, you know, you, this boss is immune to this thing, so you have to do this, like, thing and throw this rock at him, and so it's not very, I don't think it's very well explained, and so like, for a game that, like, otherwise is kind of just about, like, hitting things until they fall over, like, suddenly <laughs> suddenly you have to, like, do stuff, yeah. it's like, well, that's out of character, like, but there's little things like that, like, there's, like, a trick to beating the Sentinels yep. quickly that, like, you can, that, that works that way, there's, like, there's a lot of stuff in the game that, like, if you want to finesse it and you'll get it done faster or like, you know, or with, you a, can with chip. a bigger boom yeah. or you can chip them to death. But this is the, f- I think this is the first chapter that doesn't let you chip things to death. Cause there's a certain point at which, uh, basically in a lot of the situations where you have to do the special thing, the, the enemies will stop drop dropping health power ups. Oh yeah. And so if you don't get it done by then you're in trouble. Yeah. And yeah. There's no penalty for, for, dying i mean they, yeah they, i've died a lot they don't even make you like go back to the the last shield point if you don't want like yeah like, you can if you want to rejigger stuff and like they'll just let you um, start at the battle yeah uh and sort of like uh upgrade some stuff whatever but like but if you want to keep all the experience you've gotten in the boss fight so far you can just hit retry and you, you start yep. with everything you've got you don't even you don't lose anything you just get to try again yeah so that's nice i mean uh, it also kind of fits with sort of the bite-sized, you know, you're not always going to have time to finish what you're doing in this game because it's supposed to be played handheld. Um, yeah. I think in that sense, being on the Switch helped it a lot because it it became less tedious. Like, they save constantly, so you never, re- you, you never really end up... You'd have to work to end up in a situation where you'd lose progress. Yeah, we're going to talk about a game here in a little bit where that is not the case. Um, so it's nice whenever... And, and you're right. A handheld game needs to have that functionality; mm-hmm. otherwise, it's never going to work in that space. The only other, the only issue I have with that is that because obviously I play it uh, docked, um, all the UI and all the text is real big when you play it on a TV. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can see here how, how huge the uh, the, the, the mini map is. Yeah. And like all that. it's it's a little much. Like, or, like right there, the the objective thing. Yeah, it's gigantic on a television. Yeah, it's exactly the size it should be for a handheld screen. But on a TV, it's like whoa. <laughs> I mean, that's something developers have to. I mean, it's, an angle be, it's better than when like people they put text on and people complain they can't read it. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, this is the better alternative, I believe. Yeah. 
Uh, but I think Team Ninja has done a great job on this game. Yeah, they uh, did. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I haven't really had any bugs. There's some camera problems. I think actually this section shows yeah, camera off. camera issues all over the place. Yeah. Um, I I played a little. I think you'll bit see it right up. See, watch. You'll start seeing it jitter here in a little bit. Yeah. So it it gets caught behind objects and obscures your view sometimes. It gets jittery at times. Yeah, I played a little bit of online. Uh, I played some yesterday. It's fine. Like yeah, it works good. Yeah. It's, it, it, there's no lag, unlike Super Mario Maker Two. And uh, but you you keep your progress when you play yep. with someone else. Yeah, you ne you're never wasting your time. Yep. Um, even when you fail, you get to keep your progress. Um, I like that, especially for a game that you're supposed to play in bites on the go. Um, and basically, I mean, basically, if you if you like these games, uh, there's no reason not to buy this. Yeah. If you have a Switch. Yep. Um, especially those of you who have a Switch, and maybe you're like me, and you're not a gigantic fan of Super Mario Maker Two. <laughs> Another thing to consider as well is that Fire Emblem comes out tomorrow. Yes. Um, so think about that before you decide to plunk down your money on this. But I mean, they're two very different games. They are. But, but you know, some people can only buy one right. game a month or one every two months or whatever. So basically, you're gonna have to like, do you want strategy? Or do you want action? Yeah. So this is a good option, though. I would not regret paying full price for this game at all. No, I don't. I've had all. a ton of fun with it. I had fun with co-op. Uh, I've had fun just switching through characters and just playing a character for a stage or two just to see what it's like to play as them. And you're right, you can succeed with any character, but certain ones I think are easier to use and be successful with. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're more of a, if like the characters you love aren't in the roster yet, like if you're more of an X-Men, there are there are a fair number of X-Men in the base game. Oh yeah. But like the other, you know, the other strategy is to wait until there's more of a definitive edition out with everything in it. Like I'm sure that'll be along next year. Um, so that's an option if you're not keen on buying a season pass or something. But uh, either way, I think uh, if you're at all interested in, in Marvel, uh, you should get to this. I think it's pretty respectful, too, yeah. of Marvel. I think so. Like, there's, there's, there's no egregious examples where I'm like, that's not really nailing it. No, I mean, I think they, I think they get I mean, you still got this the, the Ultimate Alliance issue where, like, you know, you're playing as a well-known Marvel character, and there's points at which it's like they've never met each other before. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure... It doesn't address every yeah. movie, you know, like, comic. I'm, I'm pretty sure Scarlet Witch knows who the Inhumans are since her brother was married to one, but, you know, okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just little things to let, you know, the, the players know who these characters are. Um, and it's nice to see the X-Men and, the, and the, eventually the Fantastic Four stuff back in, in Marvel games because yep. those were gone for a long time. And now uh, they don't have to be because Fox got the, uh, you know, F Fox got bought up and uh, they've got the license back and Ike Perlmutter doesn't have to be petty about it anymore. Yeah. So uh, every, the gang's all back. And uh, the, the only other thing I would say is um, I am not whole, uh, tremendously impressed with some of the voice work. Um, some of the some of the voices are fine. A lot hit and miss. A lot of the voices are the people who have done the voices in Marvel cartoons for years and years. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the characters who have not been in Marvel cartoons are a little shakier, but uh, it's fine. It's it's you know. The, There's a couple really bad characters, but yeah. for the most part, it's good. Yeah, Ghost Rider. They do Ghost Rider really well. They do. There's a lot of voice acting, a lot of cinematics, yeah. like more than the previous games, I would say. Yeah. Uh, they're all pre-rendered, though. Like, yes. the real-time stuff resorts to, like, text bubbles and... Yeah. Although those are voiced. They are. Uh, yeah. The the other character... The, the character you're talking to is always voiced. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, production. I mean, the production value is is decent. Yeah, it look. It's a Switch game, so I give it a little bit of a pass on some stuff. But you're right. There are moments where the game does not look great. Uh, but there are some moments where it does. Like when yeah. you do like the team up attacks, like the crazy supers where you link with each other. Like those attacks, like yeah, team up attacks are good. Although there's there's a couple places. Usually when the camera gets hung up, there's been places where it it hitches hard. Yeah, um, it's a little much for the hardware at times. Yeah, um, I've seen. I've had frame rate dips pretty yeah. consistently. Um, Sometimes at the weirdest places too, where it's just your team running to a vista or whatever. Yeah, clearly it's some just of the, having to draw. A some lot. of the streaming loading is. I mean. This game has a lot of load time for a cartridge. It does. Like it's, it's, I don't know if I've ever seen a cart take that long yeah, to load. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot happening there. <laughs> yeah, for but, sure. But uh, overall, both of us recommended it as a full purchase. I would say so. I mean, if you're at all interested, I mean, if you don't like this kind of game, it's not going to change your mind. But if you dug Ultimate Alliance, uh, I would say buy with confidence. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you if you liked Ultimate Alliance, you're going to love this game. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really like Ultimate Alliance. I didn't either. But I like this a lot. Me too. Yeah, so that's what I'm I saying. It's, better. it's a better game by far. Uh, and leave it to Team Ninja to somehow <laughs> deliver yeah. that. I mean, it has been. I mean, doing... it's, a, it's a very unusual. Like you know, Team Ninja made it, and Nintendo basically brute forced it back from the dead. I mean, this game wouldn't exist without them. Yeah. And uh, they, I think they came up with pretty much a winner. It was a smart move. Absolutely. So, and it's the only game in town if you want some Marvel action this year. Yeah, so. how crazy is that? That this is like the, this is the closest thing you're going to get to an Avengers game. <laughs> so. It absolutely is. So there you go. Uh, that's Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three, mm -hmm. and it is. Oh, and did you see the, the the leaks on the skins for the Square Avengers game? No. Like there's there's some skins that were. Uh, shown at the Comic Con panel, and people took pictures, even they're not supposed to. But it's like, yeah, it's like Cap's classic outfit. There's a skin for Cap that's Falcon as a, as Captain America. Like they're doing the Marvel Heroes thing. You're gonna be able to customize these characters' looks very much. So so you're not gonna be stuck with all those weird faces. Well, it is a, it's like I said, it is a gas. So yes, it is. That, they have that to is find, how they get you. They have to find some way to sustain that over the long haul. Still not showing the gameplay, huh? They're supposed to release it after Comic-Con. Okay. Did you see I mean, that? It leaked. It leaked, right? yeah. It's on Sifted, actually, if you want to watch. People didn't seem to hate it. No? Like, people were like, yeah, it's fine. Well, it's I think like... part of the problem was that it had been beaten up yeah. so much. Yeah. I think we talked about that, like, post-E3. We were like, look, this game isn't as bad as people are making it no. out to be. It's just it's just underwhelming if you're expecting something as awesome as what's in the movies, and it's the tutorial stage, so no one's fighting as a team. There's yeah. no like you know, it's just like it kind just of like, feels uninspired. Yeah, yeah. And like, really, I cannot emphasize how long the fight with Taskmaster goes. Like, it's just it really just does not stop at a certain. Yeah. Point. It's a 20 minute demo, and that's like a third of it. Yeah, but, but anyway, um, there's uh, that cell phone footage is on sifted. Just yeah. uh. Go to the search engine, search for Marvel's Avengers, and it's probably the top result on the game page right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, it's just—I think it's just a thing where people were hoping it would be like, yeah, and instead it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, they didn't take huh. it down. No, no, that video is still. I looked today. That probably video is still up. Probably because everybody's just like, oh, that's not terrible. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh, they don't hate us. Like, they're putting—they're putting out a direct feed version of it after Gamescom. Well, that's good. I mean, it's time for them to start showing some confidence in it. Yep. Gamescom's coming up. Especially if they intend to not redo any of it. Yeah. So. Yep. Absolutely. But in the meantime, Ultimate Alliance. It's a good alternative. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about Gears 5. Not Gears of War 5. Gears 5. Yeah, it's just Gears now. How do you feel about that? I don't care. Do you, I know you don't care, but it's do you just, think it was smart for from a financial perspective? Yeah, it's what everybody calls it. 
It's and, weird, uh, like, you know, in our database, it's weird to see Gears of War, Gears of War, Gears of War, Gears of War, Gears. Mm. You I don't think, think people still who are just, like, randomly interested aren't going to search for Gears of War? I'm sure it'll still come up. Maybe? Yeah, of course it will. It's uh, maybe not. I don't know if it will come up in your database, but if you Google Gears of War 5, this is what comes up. Yeah. Um, because even if people are calling it that, it'll still get into the search engine optimization. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th I think it's fine just because, like, you know, people call it Gears anyway. And I think, especially with the return of God of War, like, you don't own that G-O-W acronym anymore. Nope. So just <laughs> make it sure. Gears. Yeah. It's fast, it's sw short, it's sweet. Gears 5, done. Cool. Yep. So last weekend was the Gears 5 tech test. Uh, and it was open to people who have Xbox Game Pass. Um, interestingly, there was no other way to get it. Hmm. I contacted Microsoft looking for a beta code, and they said there are no beta codes. They're like, you have to have Game Pass. And hmm. so they sent me... There is no Dana, only Zool. Yeah. <laughs> and so they sent me a code for Game Pass so that I wow. could play it instead of sending me a beta code. I found that to be pretty interesting. I think it shows you also you know, how big of a deal Game Pass is to Xbox. Uh, even among the press, they want to push you to that instead of just going in and putting a code. Um, but anyway, I got into the beta. Uh, it starts again tomorrow morning and runs all weekend again. I'm not 100% sure if they're going to have new modes or maps, but last weekend there were three modes and two maps to play them on. And uh, I think I might be done with Gears of War. <laughs> It's, um, I guess the first thing I would say is if you're a big Gears of War fan and you're worried that the game is going to be drastically changed for Gears 5. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you're good. It's Gears. You're good. I, I didn't play this. I played the escape mode at E3. Oh, okay. Which, it's Gears. Yeah, it, it is just Gears. Uh, that, to me, and I know fans are probably happy about that. That, to me, is the biggest disappointment with the game is that it's just... The multiplayer, anyway, is just another Gears game. So they have these new modes, like the arcade mode, which is basically just like the gun mode from Call of Duty, where you get a gun, you get a kill with it, you get another gun, although you get a gun every two kills, I believe, in mm. this. Uh, they're, you know, they're trying to market it as this new innovative mode, but it's been in other shooters for a long time at this point. So to me, that wasn't unique. It may be unique to Gears players, people who only play Gears. And I would say that there is an audience for Gears of people who don't play other shooters and just play Gears. Yeah, because it is different. It is different. And I think... The things that make it different, that make those people like it, are the things that were turning me off to it playing this tech test. Mm -hmm. So the roadie run. Iconic. One of the defining traits of Gears of War, without a doubt. But I don't like it anymore. In fact, I hate it. it and it's stupid. There's no reason for the roadie run. There's <laughs> just not. Nobody's going to run like that. Yeah, well... It's also like, so I've, I've been replaying the Gears games in kind of preparation for this, because I'm mainly into this for the campaign. Yeah, like I'm kind honestly, of, I'm, I'm after playing this, te this tech test, so am I. And I've been, <laughs> so I've been playing Gear, the Gears games. I've been playing, uh, I'm about halfway through two. And one of the things that keeps striking me is Gears of War is 13 years old. Yeah. 
and it's starting to show. Yeah, it is. Like, there's some stuff in that game where you're like, what do you want me to... Oh, okay, what, really? Like, that's how that works? Okay, whatever. Like, yeah. There's And 2 still has a little bit of it. There's It's not jank. It's not like the game is broken. But it's it's just that there's a language that has developed since then about how games sort of work that these games don't have. And some people might prefer that. But, like, the roadie run is part of it, where it's like, just let me move run. around the environment properly. It's like, so stupid. Like, it's it's so Having to account awkward. for that wide arc of a turn while you're trying to sprint. It's like, okay, if you want to have the roadie run in there, put it, leave it in there. Let Just give me a sprint. Yeah. Let's well, have both. Well, that's why I keep wondering about, like, the campaign in this. Is, like, they talk about how there's going to be open world or it's going to be have, like, open areas. Am I supposed to roadie run like, I for know. Like, miles? Think or is about there gonna, is there gonna be another way to get around? Well, there or? are those crazy like airship things. Right, remember? But like, but like there's gotta like this you gotta give her like a normal movement scheme or something if you're gonna do that. Cause like I mean, the old Gears games, uh, and four for the most part, even though they loosen it up a little bit, really feel like they're on kind of a grid. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the way you're moving around. Yep, like for sure. Like, certainly, like, you are kind of limited to these cardinal directions, the, the eight sort of, the eight-way move sort of thing. Um, especially when you're talking about the diving and the running, uh, you just feel really restricted. And, like, the fact that you can't hop over something in the early games unless you go up against it, hit the button, go to the, you know, and they, and they, they smooth that out in Gears 4. But um, and I'm sure they did further in five. But like I'm like they're gonna have to take the smoothing to a degree at some point that might make it feel not like itself anymore. And I'm very curious. I wonder if that's why they're holding back the campaign to last yeah. for the the big media blowout. Might be. Because that's the thing I'm most curious about. Because it feels like you'd have to make some changes to make an open world or open area game design work or with this sort with, of c- gameplay. Like you're it's, absolutely right. It's. I mean, it's, it's probably good for them that I'm interested in that. I mean, that's that's definitely what I'm paying attention to. But it also means that when you're just sort of showing me this multiplayer that still works the same way it always has, you know, good for the fans of this thing. But I, as someone who's, like, more interested in, like, how this thing's moving forward, moving forward to me is not like we stole a mode from Call of Duty. So it's basically been to me like there's been no Gears news for, like, two months. Chainsaw Bayonet I'm still cool with. Sure. Because they, they have kind of managed to find a way to balance that uh, within the context of multiplayer. Yeah, I mean, the real problem is still the shotgun maniacs. Yeah, um, the shotgun roll. Yeah. And they're still... I mean, I think they at this point they consider that part of the game. I think it is, so yeah. I think it's just a part of it now. deal with it? You'd have to deal with it. Yeah. And I think they actually tune it. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, they just put out the first raw multiplayer footage of Modern Warfare last week, and they showed quick scoping in the raw footage. And so when you do that, you're basically saying, this is a part of the game now. This is something that we know is a part of the game. Hopefully you assume that they're trying to balance it and make it work for everyone. Um, But you're right. It's pretty interesting when people find almost like exploits in a game and it becomes so prevalent that it just becomes a part of the game. I mean, you never (laughs) remember uh, combos in Street Fighter 2 were a glitch. Right. Yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about. I remember in because I you know I was I was in the arcades at the time. I was working at a, at an arcade when that came out, and early on when people would do combos and stuff, like you'd get like people angry because they thought they were cheating. Yeah, like you're like well, you're not letting me hit back, and it's just like well yeah that's the point. It's a combo, and like yeah, you'd get these you get fist fights that would break out at the place I worked because like they're like you're you're not letting me 
you're just like hitting me over and over again and it's just like <laughs> it, it was yeah that's you know, how fights work <laughs> people didn't understand kind of how that was going to be a thing so you know so it's kind of the same thing with like there's the shotgun thing it's like yeah people if that's just how the game works that's how the game works and even if it wasn't intended originally that's kind of one of the one of the hallmarks of the game so that's just how it's going to be and I'm not a huge fan of that, but I'm, I hate the shotgun roll. I so hate do I, it. but I'm, I'm not. And a, it's so absurd because you get in some matches where you just stand back and just watch people roll around each other for right. like <laughs> ten minutes. It's like, what is this? It's not for me, but if yeah. you, if you like it, then at least you've got this. It is certainly effective. That's it's, for it's sure. not like it's infested the whole industry or anything. It's funny to me how so little of Gears of War uh, has carried has over. Car- yeah, no one takes their mechanic and even stuff that I think would have been like active reload active reload i remember saying to cliff when it came out like man active reload is going to be the thing that everybody steals he's like oh yeah i know and like i remember like, like a year or two years ago i saw him at e3 i'm like you remember when i when i said like i thought active <laughs> what happened to that he's like i don't know why people don't take it i think it's great i'm like of course you think it's great i actually but just like, played a game last week that had active reload. yeah I, I did just play one play something what with was active it reload i can't recently. remember though i can't remember it was recent somebody somebody yeah. did, actually did one i'm like oh you, you stole active reload that's good yeah um, what was it? Uh, Vincent says Attack on Titan Two had it, but I, that wasn't. I haven't played that, so that wasn't it. Oh, uh, you know what? It, Earth it, Defense Force Iron Rain. Uh, yeah. You know why I thought that I played a game is because Vincent mentioned it in his gamey vow, and I edited mm. the gamey vow, <laughs> and that's where where it's coming from. So yeah, that was another game that that had right, active so, reload. So Japanese B list. <laughs> um, yeah. Like shoot 'em ups seem to be the only ones on that are adopting it. Thirteen yeah. years later, yeah, it's very bizarre. But that is a great mechanic. I love yeah. it. it. It adds tension. I mean, obviously, and rewards cover, you for it. And cover obviously is used by everybody. But that even Cliff will admit that he stole that. Well, from, he took that from, from Killzone, Kill Switch, Kill, Kill Dust Switch, Win Back. Win Back was before that. Yeah, yeah. a couple games that did it first. Um, a couple other notes I have on it. The game is really buggy, like really buggy. Is it uh, an alpha or a beta? They don't say. They, they call it the tech test. Okay. It's not like alpha or beta. It is a mess right now. Uh, if you try to change characters after you die, it just basically crashes. Hmm. I've got in these weird infinite loops where it's trying to load the team into a game and like the characters will just keep loading into the game over and over um, I've had the game crash a couple times. Again, this is a beta or an alpha, whatever they want to call it. So some of that stuff to be expected. But I play a lot of betas and alphas, and they're usually not this bad. That is a shock to me that the Coalition would put out something like this in the state that it's in. That's just not typical of them. And when you think about the fact that it's coming out pretty soon, it's a little concerning. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll get there. God knows how old this build is. Yeah, I mean, it probably is like three or four months old. I mean, if it's a tech test explicitly, then they just want to make sure everything connects and why it doesn't connect and what's going on. So There were cues. Wow. Cues. And I'll say this. It was only the first day that the tech test was hmm. going on, but we were put in cues where you had to wait wow. to play the game. You know what, you know what I was had to do cues for recently? Final Fantasy fourteen. Really? I decided to jump in on that because everybody's that new expansion about Stormbringer. Is like, yeah. And like or Shadowbringer. Shadowbringer. Or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um what the hell is Stormbringer? <laughs> I'm sure there's another game with Stormbringer <laughs> there Definitely there, so. is. Yeah. Um but uh I couldn't like I couldn't create any characters for three days because all the North American servers were congested. Like and they won't let like, you create new characters. Oh. So I had to wait until like two in the morning. 
<laughs> and when people stopped playing until I could get, like, one of them got uncongested enough to, to create a character. And, like, I had to wait in a line of, like, 10,000 people. Like, that game is doing real well because of that expansion. So good on them. But, wow, it was hard to, like, get in there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess it's good that there's that much interest in Gears uh, for the beta. Yeah? Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, granted, it's free, but, like... If you get that kind of, you know, interest, or maybe they're doing it on purpose, I don't know if they're congesting stuff just to make test that system out. We don't know. I mean, but, my um, guess is the system is going to be in place, and yeah, they're intentionally keeping people out of service to make sure that it works right. if they need it. That's my guess. Yeah, it is that, a tech, for that first week. Yeah, it is a tech test, so mm-hmm. I could see why they might. Yeah, experiment. I mean, really, the point of a tech test is not so you have fun. It's really not. It's not here for us. And if that's our goal, mission accomplished. <laughs> They knocked it out of the park because I will admit I had very little fun playing this. Hmm. Um, the aiming in this game, I play a lot of shooters, a lot. The aiming in this game feels so squirrely to me. I cannot. I started going in, and I never do this. I was going in and messing with like the stick sensitivity, trying to get it. Hmm. I could not find a good place. When people run into the room with me, it's so absurd. They're standing five feet away from me, and I cannot shoot them. I'm going right, left, up. Like, I cannot. I mean, I haven't played this, but I've noticed playing the old games, like, when I go into the aim mode, when I go, you know, hit the pull the left trigger and go to aim, that reticle is never where I think it's going to be. Yeah. It's weird. And then, like, you're supposed to be in the center of the screen. You'd think, but, like, it it never ends up there, or I'm off center looking at things, like, for whatever reason, the Gears games seem to have a much harder time, sort of you know, quote-unquote, reading my mind in terms of what I'm looking at than almost any other shooter I've played. It could be, too, that they have the aim assist cranked way down or there just there just isn't one. But I've had a terrible time trying to shoot. I mean, when there's someone standing five feet away and you can't shoot them, like, that's... It's pretty frustrating. That's gears. Now, obviously, you're seeing Jack Unless Frags. Unless you have a shotgun. Yeah, now you're seeing Jack... There's a glitch. <laughs> you're seeing Jack Frags play right now, thanks to him for this footage. Um, I was unable to capture, because I had capture equipment here while I was playing it, so thanks to Jack Frags for this footage. But obviously, he's not having a problem with the aiming. So mm-hmm. I think his last round, he finished 22-4. and four. So um, I, my guess is if I spend more time with it, and I am going to play it a little bit more this weekend in the second round, um, and my guess is if I play more of it, I'll come around and I'll be able to aim pretty well. I'm just saying, at first blush, I wasn't able to hit anything. Hmm. And I play a lot of shooters still. Like, well, like you said, I still play Black a, Ops 4. It's, this is a different beast. It is, absolutely. Um, there was one cool thing. I will say this, and I always try to find a positive if I'm not really enjoying something. And this is what I found from Gears 5 that I really liked was when you play... Spinny legs. Yeah. <laughs> When you play Domination in this game, if you are the MVP of a round, between rounds, you get to choose where the items spawn, hmm. which can be a huge advantage it, for you because you can put what you want right next to where the spawn is and for your team in general. You can just hook up your team to make sure the weapons that you want them to grab first are closest to the team. And that is something that I've never seen in a shooter before. So maybe as I play more and discover more, I'll find more stuff that's unique and different. Uh, based upon what I played last weekend, though, there was not a whole lot. And again, it was two maps, three modes, so I didn't get a, a good cross-section of the game. But like you, I'm really hoping that the campaign delivers. Mm-hmm. 
because I just feel like my love for Gears multiplayer is not what it used to be. No, like I'll probably play a little bit to see what it is, and then I'll play some Horde mode because I do like Horde mode. Yeah. Then get tired of not getting any further than that in Horde mode because the people I play with are terrible and because they're all randos, and uh, then I'll go back to the campaign and then I'll never play it again. Yeah. So that's basically my Gears cycle. For better or worse, it's Gears. Yeah. Some people are going to love that. Some people who have maybe waned in their interest in the franchise are not going to like that. Yeah. I'm I mean, in the latter. I'm in the la- on the latter team. So. I mean, it's kind of like the thing with Microsoft's library right now. It's like I'm not saying you need to change Gears till it's unrecognizable, but we're just saying we, you probably need more than just Gears. Yeah. Because if you love Gears, you love Gears. But if you don't love Gears, I don't think Gears is going to change your mind. And I think we've also seen that that audience has dwindled over. The last, yeah, I mean, the, six or seven. The, it's years. still very healthy multiplayer wise. Yeah, for like it, you know, and there's still the competitive scene is still there. It's yeah. still working out. Um, meanwhile, Evil Geniuses shut down their Call of Duty team, which is yeah, which is crazy because like they were the winners last yeah, year. Yeah, they won in 2018. <laughs> like, yeah, we're done. Quit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was talking to Jared actually when he he got here a little early so we could talk and kind of go over the show and he's worked on some esports stuff and we were just talking about esports in general and just how it is it's bad. They cannot figure out a way to make money off of esports. Mm-hmm. They just can't. And the problem is the play, the way you make money with any sport is through TV contracts. That's where the NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA, mm-hmm. that's where they all make their money. It's TV contracts. Yep. So the league gets that big chunk of money from NBC or ABC or ESPN or whoever, and then the league takes that money and disperses it equally to every team. So I'm a Pirates fan. The Pirates are terrible. They haven't won the World Series since 1979. They haven't won a playoff series since 1979. They make tons of money because all the TV money coming from all the networks that goes to MLB, the Pirates get the same amount of money as every other team. So they don't care if they win. They don't care how many people come to their games. Just the money they get from the TV deal is enough for the Pittsburgh Pirates to remain profitable every year. It's very frustrating as a Pirates fan. They have no incentive to get better. So what you're saying is professional sports is communism. Uh, maybe. But, <laughs> but for eSports to succeed, no matter the game, that's what's going to have to happen. They're going to mm. need a big TV contract. And look, it could come from Twitch. Yeah. Twitch could say, look, we'll give you a billion dollars for the next five years of Call of Duty esports. But probably but not. But probably not. And then, I mean, you've seen kind of forays into that with the, the you know, Blizzard paying for, for stuff to air on ESPN2. Yep. And then it does um, like a .08. Evo, the Evo finals were on ESPN2 for two years, and then they TBS is doing anymore. stuff. TNT is doing stuff. Reality, they try the reality show angle. Um, it's just not, I just don't think it, it translates, you know, like it, the, the fans of esports do not want to watch esports on, on TV. television. And a lot of them don't even have cable to, they don't have linear broadcast the, yeah. at all. So yeah, I don't know where you get that revenue stream yeah. from. The typical ESPN viewer is not gonna, and I will say this, this was a really cool moment. My wife and I were on the East coast eating dinner at a restaurant, a bar. And we were drinking. We, was not- <laughs> we actually didn't eat anything. We just did Jaeger bombs for six hours. Um, we were having dinner and we're sitting there and all of a sudden ESPN starts showing esports. Hmm. It had been on in the bar showing sports center highlights, things like that. 
And all of a sudden, it switches its programming to esports, and I look around, and this whole bar is playing esports. I was like, this is like a watershed moment. I thought you were going to say everybody left the bar. Well, <laughs> about 10 minutes later, they turned off the esports. Mm. So, you know, I'm guessing someone walked up and said, yo, <laughs> we're <laughs> watching about, people play video how games. About some sports. Yeah. And they switched what it. What was it? It was Overwatch. Mm. And, I mean, still, though. For 10 minutes in a bar that was packed full of sports fans, eSports was on TV. And they need those moments they to normalize it. Because eventually, if that keeps happening, that guy isn't going to go up to the bartender and say, hey, turn this off mm-hmm. because it's not sports. Eventually, it's going to assimilate into sporting. Yeah, but like, it's just it's so hard to kind of get across. I mean, even some of the ways they run the matches is weird. Like, we don't understand it. No. like the, So how can just some dude who like watches at, ESPN Like At one point, like we used to, I used to put on the Overwatch League stuff on the main TV uh, when we ate dinner sometimes cause, so my girlfriend could see it because she really is into that. And, like, at one point during one of the, the capture control matches, I'm like, why did they get a point? Well, I don't understand the scoring system. I'm like, what was the point? Because no one won that match, so why did they get a point? And she's like, well, it's this and this many ticks and that many ticks on this and this is it. And I'm like, why? What does that why? mean? And like, and like, Why isn't it the team that has the biggest score wins? And I didn't understand. It's like, <laughs> why, why isn't it just like if you win, you win? win. And like, they're like <laughs> she's like, well, because you don't always win, so you need a way to differentiate who did better than the other. And I'm like... But I don't, and like I mean, I it's because otherwise it's you're not just like I, a match. It's not like I don't understand scores. It's yeah. not like I don't understand video games. It's not like I haven't played Overwatch. But she sat there for like 20 minutes trying to explain this to me, and I just continually didn't get get yeah. it. And she was getting really mad because I didn't understand what I was what she was talking about. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. It's I way too complicated. And like, yeah. you just it's can't. not just that game either. No, it's all also they they don't explain that at the beginning of the show, yeah. so you can't. Also, these shows last too long. Yeah, like. Like and that's the problem with no, getting I mean, them on mainstream TV. They don't want the announcers who are good at announcing esports on their air. Right. So they get some jabroni who's used to like doing beach volleyball to come in and try to announce these esports competitions. They don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. We, we, don't, we don't know anything about doing that to an esports competition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How you doing, Evo? Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, that was, that was partially my fault. But you're right. Gears <laughs> esports has gone strong all this time, and it still seems to be going strong. Yeah. But I watched I do... some of the Gears uh, championship stuff uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was a lot of shotguns, but yeah. like, but it was interesting because it was a way I've never seen it played because I, you know, have never played with people who were many good, good at it, yeah. except for Mike Dembski. Mike Dembski's very good at Gears of War. Yeah, but um, it was interesting to watch that to watch and just see how like you know because the maps on on Gears are small enough that you could kind of like the the spectator cams could kind of show the whole area and you kind of get more of an angle on like sort of what each team was doing and where they were sticking together and what they were trying to how they were trying to move around on the other team and like it was interesting like yeah uh, I only watched it for like thirty minutes but it's like it was at least interesting that's the other problem is like. Um, I think you have the issue of you're constantly changing teams over. So, like, at, at, you, you know, it's at least like with a football game or like a soccer game, you turn on the game and you are going to see those two teams playing against each other. Yeah. Whereas if you turn on an esports competition, you don't know who the hell is going to be playing at the time you turn it on. And you may or and may not like catch what you're going to And there's like 30 teams and... And I mean, it's not unlike, like, say, the Olympics or, uh, or like a tennis, maybe a tennis match in that yeah. regard. In the sense, that, like, you know, there are, but, but you know, tennis ain't the NFL in terms of lucrative, yeah, you know, TV deals, is it? Like, 
it's uh, you, you're you're trying to kind of, and also yeah, the fact that it started on streaming, you're sort of trying to back into a TV based viewing thing, and like I just don't see how you can accomplish that. You're going to an inferior medium, basically. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Especially in the opinion of the people who are your bread and butter. They don't want to watch it on this. TV, even if they have Direct TV or cable. They don't. They, they don't want to watch it. Yeah. On cable, they'd rather go where they can chat with other fans, and I totally get that. So. Esports has a tough road to toe to make money, unfortunately. Mm. it uh, You need the TV contracts. The TV contracts aren't going to be there. So. Unless there's something else. I mean, what else is it? What's the other option? I don't know what that would be. Twitch ha- generating more revenue than it does mm. and being able to offer those types of contracts. And attributing generating, generating that revenue to one specific you know, games, esports, and saying, we yeah. pay you money to stay here. Yep. Um, but the other problem, of course, is that why would you have to pay them to stay there? Where else are they going to go? Right. Mixer, mixer, yeah, the ghost, <laughs> the ghost town. That's mixer. You see, that was some. I can't remember what it was like. Some it was maybe it, maybe it was the hard drive uh, or something like that. But it was like some parody article that was basically like, uh, or maybe it was a penny arcade thing where the 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 implication was that there are six people who watch mixer and they just jump from channel to channel <laughs> to make sure that everybody. It was a penny arcade. Everybody feels like they're being watched. Yeah, at that, some that, point. Was, that was a strip yeah. from Penny Arcade last week. That was okay. a good one of their few good ones lately. They have not been on a good run. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I forget Mixer's a thing. Really. Yeah. But uh, it Twitch doesn't really pay anyone for anything. No. No. I mean, honestly. They don't have to. They're the only game in town. I, I mean, mean I'm unless surprised. You wanna, unless you're trying to try, try your luck with YouTube streaming. I'm surprised Twitch hasn't tried to charge that's Riot. A, that's a good point. Or Blizzard. Because think about the overhead that they're putting out. For, yeah. for the 400,000 people to watch the oh, LCS don't, don't give them any ideas. I mean, if I was running that business, I'd start looking for ways to make money. Right, right, you're just like, hey, you made $3 million for Doctors Without Borders, huh? Yeah. Game's done quick? Yeah. Why don't you kick some of that our way? It's I like, don't think they would ever do that. They probably wouldn't, but, like, you know they're looking at it and being like, hmm. Like, I mean, it, it, they are owned by Amazon, which helps. It keeps you from becoming desperate to true. generate revenue. But I could see them doing something like going to Riot and being like, look, bro, like we have the data. Every time you yeah. do an LCS, we are out about 500 grand. I like, mean, a really aggressive esports kind of organizer could probably come to them and be like, hey, you're about to spend $10 billion on a Lord of the Rings show nobody wants to watch. Like maybe you could kick a billion our way yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, it's true. Amazon's done crazier things. I'm surprised Twitch hasn't started just running broadcast stuff. Well, you never know. I mean, I mean, Bob Ross is on there. Bob Ross and uh, <laughs> Mr. Rogers. Yeah. I mean, but I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't just turned into TV. It might. Give it time. It might. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Dragon Quest Builders 2. Uh, Vincent is on this game right now. He's playing it for evaluation purposes, and I got review code for him from Square Enix, and they sent us a PS4 version, and that's what he's been playing. And then the day it came out, I randomly got an email from Nintendo, and Nintendo sent me a code for Switch, Hmm. which is odd. For some reason, Nintendo with Square Enix games has been the distributor of their review code. I don't know (laughs) what's going on there. If I was dealing with Square Enix, I'd probably say, hey, I'll just do it myself, (laughs) too. (laughs) After your experience with Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. They still... 15 years later, no, more than 15 years later. It's like, when did Final Fantasy XI come out? Like, 2003? Yeah. Like, their account interface is st- 
still terrible. Like, still. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's, yes, it's pretty. You've got mogs and buttons everywhere. But you know what? I still put my subscription on the wrong goddamn thing. <laughs> and now you won't refund it because you're like, oh, we can't give refunds for subscription fees. I'm like, well, I'm just going to stop payment on the credit card maybe. <laughs> but it's like, it's still terrible. Yeah. Um, I, I just, signing up for Final Fantasy fourteen. like, I almost gave up like three separate times. Like, it was, it, it, the barrier of entry is not like a game difficulty curve. It is a dealing with Square Enix's inability to make anything work properly curve. <laughs> it is it is bad UI, for sure. Um, well, the good news is with Dragon Quest Builders 2, you don't have to worry about any of that. That's because, because it's from the Enix side. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it does have online functionality, but it, basically it's you can take pictures of the stuff that you create and then upload them. And then, like, the loading screens are filled with the art that the char- that the players have made. Uh, you can share it. You can go in and check it out and like upvote it. And I will say that some of the uh, some of the work that people have done in this game is like mind blowing. Um, for those of you who don't know, this game is basically a mashup of three things. It's a JRPG, an action RPG. All the combat is in real time. It is a farming sim, and it is a Minecraft clone. And I would say that all three of those elements are distributed pretty evenly throughout the game. Not one of them really dominates the other. Uh, But you're probably wondering, uh, based upon the lower third there, what is the one thing that it's the master of? And I would say the thing it does best is building. I have not been a Minecraft fan, never have been. Uh, I respect it, and I appreciate that a lot of people do love it. It's just never really connected with me. I enjoy building stuff way more in this game. And I think a lot of it has to do with the art style, uh, the fact that things look like what they're supposed to be. Mm. <laughs> it's, like some, it's like sometimes you get those blocks in Minecraft and they tell you what it's supposed to be and you look, you're like, that, that's not what, that's not that. What are you <laughs> talking about? In this game, like you can actually craft a door or you can craft a, a fence post. And when you, Deploy it, it looks like a freaking fence post or a door. It, it helps when you're not like beholden to an art style that was never meant to support the complexity that has ended up in your game. I yeah, guess. absolutely. I mean, that's really what's happened with Minecraft, is that the game has outgrown the art style. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game has the benefit of looking at those mistakes and doing it the right way. And hey, it, guys, what about curved surfaces? Why don't we just do that in our game? Yeah, and, and it absolutely nails that stuff. So the building in this game is really good. Uh, It's really intuitive. It's really easy. You can pick it up and do it right away. And looking at some of the examples of stuff that people have built in the galleries uh, is a testament to how easy it is generally to create stuff and build stuff. Uh, Now, one thing I would say is I would like the ability to be able to place more than one block at a time (laughs) instead of having to build everything just block by block by block. Um, and that's something that they could improve. But overall, to me, it's a far better building experience than what you get from Minecraft. And in all honesty, it's far better than the first game was, which I played, I don't know, maybe 10 hours, something like that. I'm about 15 hours into this one. Uh, the game's biggest weakness, without a doubt, is the combat. It is the most rudimentary, simple combat system ever. Basically, you have an attack button. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> now, I'm only 15 hours in. Vincent has told me that he's already put like 35 or 40. He thinks it's around 50. And there are items on the inventory screen that make it appear like you may get more stuff like a shield. But I've played for 15 hours. All I have is a sword. 
So there's no defense. There's no parrying. There's no shield for me right now. You attack, and then you try to run away. You attack, and then try to run away. So there's no parrying. There's no rolling. There's no blocking for me right now. You basically have to figure out, hey, is that enemy going to attack? And you have to run away. You, you'll, you can watch it right here. I, I do it against this uh, this mini boss. Um, so the combat in the game, it, to me, is really weak. In fact, I cannot remember a game in the last couple years that had combat this simple. Um, you, um, God, I mean, I was going to say the next one we're going to talk about, but even that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very simple. So if you're... Planning on going into this game for arresting battles that uh, require strategy and planning, this is not the game for you. Uh, it's very, very simple. Uh, the farming part of it is pretty much, it's pretty standard. Um, so it's a process that you go through. The first thing you have to do is you have to craft a scarecrow. You put the scarecrow down in the ground and it highlights an area around the scarecrow. And then the people who are a part of your town will come in automatically and start tilling it. Mm. Once it's tilled, then you can start planting the seeds, and then every plant type has it, a variety of time it takes from seedling to harvest, essentially. Um, each seedling can only be harvested so many times, so it doesn't just keep growing continually. So there's some strategy in how you lay out your farm. So I always make sure that I keep similar crops together and I make sure that I plant them in order so I know what the oldest plants are. And that helps you kind of manage it because you don't want to just go harvesting all your stuff if you don't need it mm -hmm. because you're basically taking stuff that may not grow back again. So there's some strategy in that. Uh, the plot in the game, I'm not that far into it. 15 hours out of 50 is not much, but I've been through kind of the setup. And uh, basically you are on this island and the island has died, all the soil's dead or whatever, and you venture out to settle new places. And you get on the ship and they take you to this other island and that's where you are now. You get to the island, you're what's called a builder. And on this island, the builders are bad guys. For whatever reason, the guy who runs the island has determined that people who can build stuff are bad people. And so everybody initially hates you, but you start doing favors for them. I hope he lives in a tent. Yeah, exactly. Hypocrite. Yeah, you start doing favors for them. They start to come around, and then ultimately they all become a part of your camp. And really the objective of the game is to just grow your community as big as possible. Um, and everything you do in the game, you get hearts. Uh, when you're back at base, you get hearts. So you can leave like food in a chest and the people who are a part of your community will automatically go and eat it. Every time they eat it, they leave hearts behind. When you complete missions and go back to the quest giver, they leave, they leave hearts behind. And as you collect those hearts, and you can see it in the top left there, it says 392 right now. Um, as you collect those hearts, you level up the whole base. Uh, there's a bell in your base that you go and you slash and it dings and then your whole base transforms more people come to your base to help you farm and take care of other stuff uh, it becomes easier to craft some stuff some stuff you don't even have to craft at all um, after a while i got to the point where i didn't even have to like handle any of the farming i could just go up to the scarecrow and say hey i want this to grow here and the people in your town just take over they go and they get the seeds out of the chest they plant them they till them uh, so the game has a good progression as far as, okay, we're going to make you handle this at first, but as time goes on and you make progress through the game, everything becomes more and more automated. But 
we keep putting new stuff on your plate to keep you engaged. Um, you know, I'm a gameplay first guy, always have been, probably always will be, at least until I get arthritis in my hands. Um, and so to me, this is a per the gameplay in this is a pretty big disappointment. Um, the farming stuff, uh, the building stuff, neither of those are things that have been, you know, really compelling to me in other games in the past. And they don't really do anything to change them here. And so that leaves me with the combat. And it's just... It's a kid's game. It looks like a kid's game. But there are jokes about, like, porn magazines and stuff <laughs> in it. Like, one joke talked about, like, sticky pages in a magazine. Like, I don't know. It's like, I can't figure it. Can't be, and it's not, it's not for kids, not because it's about <laughs> porn, but because kids don't know what magazines are. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, so there's like this adult innuendo hidden throughout the game. It's not just like one instance. That stuff pops up kind of all the time. Pops up. But it's the combat is so simple and everything else is so simple. And obviously it's a Minecraft clone that's going to appeal to kids. And so I'm not really exactly sure who this game is for. Um, I will say you're going to get a lot of playtime out of it. And there is this weird compelling gameplay loop that you go through while you play it. I mean, I played it for like 15 hours. So there's something there that got me to keep coming back and booting it up and playing it more and playing it more. Uh, the game is pretty bite-sized, so you can make good progress and then save it and not lose anything that you've done. So in that way, it's good as a handheld game. Um, but I don't know. I, I would have a, a really hard time recommending this to anyone over the age of like eight or nine. Hmm. And even then, I'd be like, well, some of these jokes probably aren't something your parents are going to want to hear. So I really struggle to kind of figure out who this game is for. Uh, it's available for Switch and PS4, and I believe there's a PC version. Maybe Vincent in the chat can uh, clarify that. It was that. the first one. I assume there'd be another one for this eventually, if not already. Uh, also, I see um, Vincent concurs and says it is a compelling loop, and he says it's Minecraft, but it has a point. Mm. No PC version also, Vincent says. so. Maybe eventually. Yeah, I would not recommend buying this at full price. It There is a weird compulsion hidden in the game, and I think part of it is that it does, like I said earlier, it does break up the three elements evenly. So you're never doing one thing all that long. It's like you go out on an expedition where you do some combat, but then you come back and you got to farm for 20 minutes because you've collected all these seeds and these seedlings, and you need to plant them. And there's somebody at the base now who wants a bathhouse, and you have to build the bathhouse to complete that mission. So basically he's throwing enough different objectives at you that you never quite get tired enough of doing one thing that you stop playing. Yep, you nailed it. So it's like a distraction technique. It's right. like, oh, I'm getting sick of this combat because it's so simple and stupid. Oh, I got to go plant some sugar Ooh, cane. Got to grow corn. <laughs> and it does, like the farming does change. Like eventually, like when you start, you're just growing wheat and cabbage. And you just basically throw the seeds in the ground and water them and they grow. Uh, eventually, though, you get sugar cane. And you can't just plant those. You have to create like a flooded plain for the sugar cane to grow in. And so you have to build walls around it and you have to flood it with water. You get this bottomless pot from completing one objective and you use that to kind of fill up the reservoir to grow the sugar cane. Um, and so there is kind of a progression of concepts 
um, of it's ideas. It's pretty handy way to get around the whole irrigation concept. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, and that's the cool thing about it too. Like, there there are waterways and irrigation in this. So, um, one of the very first missions you do is, hey, there's this big pool of water. We need water to come down here. So you got to dig out like a trench and then lift the gate, and the water comes down into the pool. There's stuff like that in the game where you have to kind of think about how can I accomplish this objective with the tools that I've been given. Hmm. But I think ultimately for most people, and certainly for most of the people who watch Game Face, who are, do tend to be a little older, uh, I, I struggle uh, to find a reason to tell them to buy this. Um, I will say, you know, if you buy it for your kid, you won't see him for like two months. So <laughs> if you use video games to babysit your children, this is probably a pretty wise purchase. Um, and I think also maybe, too, if you tried Minecraft back in the day and you were like me, you're like, this just feels pointless because I don't really care about building stuff. This does provide a point to the building that Minecraft does not. And the story is flimsy and dumb. And here, this is leveling up the base, by the way, I was talking about earlier, where you ring the bell and it, it levels up. But, uh, yeah, if, you're, if you wanted to like Minecraft but didn't because it felt pointless, this gives you a point. It's not a great point, but it is a point. So maybe you want, might want to look into it then. Uh, keep your eye out for Vincent's Gamey Val. He said he's nearing the uh, finish line on that, and we'll get that published for you guys as soon as possible. And I am sure he is going to have a lot more insight and uh, a better perspective on this game that I did. Uh, but I did want to jump on Game Face and kind of give you my impressions from the first 15 hours or so, which I believe is significant enough to deliver impressions. So mm. if the game's not getting going by 15 hours, it's not going to get going. So there you go. That's Dragon Quest Builders 2, available for Switch and PS4. It is a full-price game. It is not a discount game. But if you if it does resonate with you, I think you're going to get your, your money's worth out of this. Uh, no problem. So... Let's move on. So Matt alluded to the game we're going to talk about a minute ago. It is Soul Seraph. I have not played this game. I had not even... A lot of people haven't. It wasn't even kind of on my radar. And then I started kind of digging up stuff on Sifted, looking at it, and it's a pretty unique game. Uh, except in the fact that it's a complete ripoff of another game. What game? Actraiser. Uh, it's Actraiser. You're right. It is Actraiser. Um, so, which is the only reason I was interested in it. Um, <laughs> so about, like... This came out like a couple weeks ago, and uh, like right at like a week or so after E3, Sega just announced this was coming, and I was like, "All right, actors are clone out of freaking nowhere, sure." Um, so I yeah, we have two trailers for it on Sifted. So and I love Actraiser, the first Actraiser. Second Actraiser was not great, um, but the first one was this mix of kind of Sim City, like light Sim City, and side-scrolling hard as nails action sequences. And a platforming combat stuff, which you're seeing the, the clone of right here. Um, and it was great because if you haven't played Actraiser, you should go play Actraiser. It's on the Super Nintendo Classic. Uh, it used to be on Virtual Console if you still have a Wii or a Wii U laying around. I guess not a Wii because they shut the online store down. I think they um, shut it down for Wii U as well, actually. Uh, I haven't checked. I don't think they have, no. No? No. Because if they'd done that, I would have bought the Fatal Frame game. Nah. Um, or, you know, those emulators. But um, not that we would ever do that. <laughs> but um, so Actraiser is kind of this great mix of these two things and uh, with also with amazing music um, by Yuzo Koshiro. And uh, was it early on at the, at the launch of the uh, NX, NX game as well before the big merger. 
early on in the Super Nintendo or Super Famicom's life, uh, this was kind of one of the tour de forces of the music capability of it, because it was like a full orchestra sort of simulator with a big bombastic, like, you know, classical score going on while you're killing enemies and stuff like that. And this game, Soul Seraph, is basically that concept done again with what seem to be attempts to modernize the concept that don't really work. So I was surprised to see tower defense. Yes. So <laughs> in the original game, in not original game, in, in ActRaiser, uh, the way the, the city building stuff works is you're kind of you're supposed to be god basically you're a god uh, very strongly implied to be some kind of judeo-christian equivalent god um and you have this little angel little cherub who is sort of the your advisor and he tells you what's going on and he you fly him around the city areas and he's sort of your cursor like you you uh the people pray for stuff and then you can have the angel like designate areas for uh, to, to um, cast powers, basically. So you've got, like, if you need to clear trees, like, the people are like, oh, we, we want to build houses, but there's all this forest everywhere. You can cast lightning and burn all these trees down to create clearings, and then the people will go build houses. Or uh, we need to grow food, but but it's all desert here, and we have, so you can call rain down and, and create, like, fertile land so people can build it. So basically what you're doing is you're using your god powers to sort of terraform stuff, and the, the people sort of come along and, and build what they need to build uh, in in response to what you're doing. Uh, and there's kind of a nice sort of disconnect between what you can affect and what the people are doing. You're sort of this more distant god character. Now, in Soul Seraph, you are directly involved. Yeah, you pick where every house goes. You pick where every building goes. You choose which people get staffed to which building. Um, it's all very direct, and it's it kind of loses some of the appeal for me when it's just it's just another basically it's just Tropico basically with Tropico with no depth basically, <laughs> and, or like a tower defense style thing. It loses sort of the appeal of oh you're sort of this because the thing in Actraiser is like you could tell the, the you can tell the villagers never really know whether you're there or not, but they sort of like give you credit for it anyway because these you know things beyond their comprehension are happening and uh in the actor each area in actraiser there's always monster lairs and so what happens is monster lairs like gauntlets spawn monsters and they'll come and do bad things they'll set houses on fire or they'll come like kill people or whatever and you have to use the angel who has a little bow and arrow to go shoot the monsters and take them down and the way you stop the monsters from spawning is basically you accomplish whatever the the little short story quest of the town is so so uh you do an action sequence that opens up the area and then you you do you deal with what's happening in the area and there's usually like a midpoint like level you have to do where like the people are like oh we're you know things are going wrong and something's bad in this cave and then you go play a cave level and kill things and you come back and oh everything's a little better and then we realize oh the source is up here so you have to build, the town has to kind of go and build up there and then they go seal the monster lairs and after you seal the monster lairs there's usually one final like level you have to do where you fight a, an actual boss and then that solves the problem of the town and you move on to the next area now the what Sol Seraph has done is they, it's just tower defense 
Yeah. There's no... You build your town and then they attack. And you can see here, like, it's just, they just send endless, endless waves of monsters at you and they can kill your, your townspeople and they have to respawn in the houses. And it looks like the s- townspeople are running out to fight them hand to hand. They do. They do. Like, That's kind of crazy. You have to staff the, the defense buildings with people from the houses. So, like, the, and they'll as they die, the, the houses will respawn people and they'll run up and restaff the, the place uh. that the last person got killed. But the... the um, Essentially, the uh, the upshot of this is there is no story, there is no like variation on what you're doing or, or like what the quests are. You are doing one thing and one thing only, and that is do- doing the tower defense stuff against endless, monotonous waves of these creatures that just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more annoying. And as you build the town out, which you do through uh, building more roads, you you if you get it close to like a foggy area, which is where the monster spawn stuff is. You basically build a temple, staff it with someone you can never get back for some reason. Whoever prays at that temple never stops again. And then if you unlock, if you you do that, you can access the monster lair. You go in, you play a quick little side-scrolling action thing, which ranges from an actual level to like a little like beat 30 monsters thing. And then you basically, you've kind of, so you can see here, like you beat it and then like the little crystal thing like disappears around the tree which is kind of the end point of this area and that's that but it doesn't stop the monsters like stuff so can... wait they keep coming out of that nexus there Cause, yeah because like there's more nexuses so they just keep coming and oh so... they start coming from a different direction yeah. and it just doesn't change anything so you're just sort of i mean that's tower defense yeah but like that, but it's not act razor is the yeah. thing and, like, and by trying to change and of course you're always have they tried a... have they said officially like this is our spiritual? oh it's absolutely yeah oh really no question oh, i mean okay. i mean you're in the action sequences people have com- you know some of the reviews and people have complained that like oh it's unresponsive and it's, it's like yeah it's act razor <laughs> like ActRaiser was tough as nails in part because it had a kind of a Castlevania philosophy of like, yeah, we're not going to help you with the controls, thank you. Like the jump is, the jump is actually better in this. The jump, the jump in ActRaiser was like, you jump, you commit, and like you have to be able to re- know how long that sword swing comes out and all that. The problem with the action sequences in this is more that um, uh, the enemies don't. They well, they spawn like immediately as you scroll on the screen, but they also do this thing where they're wandering around in the background, and they you can't hit them, and they jump sort of into the foreground to attack, and it's a little sketchy as to when they can hit you versus when you can hit them. Uh, so it's sort of a mix of like, oh, it's too hard to gauge when they're going to hit me, but also I can just stand there and swing the sword until they jump into my sword and die, and it's too easy. So it's a weird mix of that. Um, How often do you go to that kind of side-scrolling action-adventure stuff? It does, is it in this? often? Uh, not often enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you didn't do it very often in uh, ActRaiser, but it was okay because the city-building stuff was compelling. Right, right. This, I just want to get done with the city stuff as fast as humanly possible. Like, there's no reason to linger. There's And there's not, you know, no story stuff really comes up. There's no, like, twists they throw at you. It's just build a road out to here build a temple where that road stops at the at the fog there's your thing go jump in fight them do it again like you're just grinding and grinding your way to the end point of each area and it's not fun it's i i find it tedious at, at best and frustrating at worst because you let enough guys in through the tower defense section and they hit your little bonfire there and you lose and the, the save checkpoints can go way back. Yeah, what the, happens when that happens? The, you go back to your last save, which is generally the last time you fought a monster lair. Oh. So if you have been bogged down in tower defense for the last 20 minutes, that's you 20 minutes it. gone. You lose all of it. 
Um, I, th- I mean, I think you can do uh, individual saves. I didn't, I didn't do that, do, deal with that very much because I never remembered to. Because yeah. you never know when things are going to go upside down, and it doesn't help to save then because right, you're about right. to die. Yep. So um, I was pretty excited for this because, like, ActRaiser isn't a game that gets cloned very often. No, like uh, never. Even, even by ActRaiser two. Right. Um, <laughs> which is weird. That okay. is weird. Um, but. I, f- I found this to be aggressively mediocre. Like, it, I see the pedigree, and I see what they're trying to do, and I applaud that, but they didn't get there. And they didn't get there in the action scenes, but they got closer in the action scenes than they did to with the city-building stuff. And I, I understand why you would look at ActRaiser and want to, uh, like, modernize it and think that this was the way to do it, but it wasn't. How much is it selling for? Uh, I want to say it's fifteen. Okay, it's fifteen bucks, um, which is fine. Like it's it's about yeah. on qu- the quality of the game in terms of sort of like production value and stuff is about that's about right. Um, I don't think that's an unfair price at all, except for the fact that like if you ex- are expecting this to be on par with ActRaiser, it's not going to be. I promise. Um, if you want it to scratch the same itch as ActRaiser, it doesn't really even do that because the the city building stuff is just not fun. Is it a um, good tower defense game? I don't think so because there's only like three buildings. <laughs> Dang! I mean, there's other there's buildings. There's they un- only three units. They peri- no, they periodically unlock. So you have the you have the tower like that has the archers, and you have a barracks that has uh, um, soldiers, and then you can build like an there's like an iron a blacksmith I think that like upgrades the, the like uh, in, it's got like a radius thing, so like you build it near those a barracks or a, or an archer archer tower, like it'll upgrade their attack ability or whatever. And it's not that hard to kind of keep the balance going on that, but, like, it's just tedious. Also, there's no logic to when those things unlock. They just sort of unlock at a certain point. And at least in ActRaiser, like, thing, you got game concepts were introduced because of a story point or a subplot sort of thing. And, like, even if it was as simple as, like, oh, our little boy disappeared and we have to go find him and he happened to be in the monster lair, so you have to go beat the monster lair and then they find Timmy and they give you a prayer and say thank you and everything... Even, like, the different ways you got, like, prayer energy in ActRaiser were more compelling because in this you just get it for killing enemies in the tower defense. So, like, all you have to... So that's the trick is, like, to, to build the, the, the temple that lets you get into the next monster lair. You have to have a certain amount of prayer energy to build it. And because the tower defense stuff is just so relentless, I was never even close to not having enough for anything. Yeah. Like, it was it was not an issue. Except the only issue was having to constantly build more and more tower defense items to hold off the bigger and bigger waves of stuff coming at me. Yep. And when all I want to do, you know, I think the, the leisurely pace of sort of building these towns and letting the people sort of build the towns out and watching them grow and kind of defending them against the monsters periodically with the bow and arrow and then like a thing happens and they pray for this thing they want and you have to deliver. Sometimes it wasn't combat related. And in this is just all tower defense and all side-scrolling action stuff and it just doesn't, it doesn't have, I don't mean this as a pun, but it does not have the soul of ActRaiser. It just doesn't have it. They, they missed they missed the mark on it. And um, it's a shame because this could have been something really special. Well, it does leave the door open for somebody else to do it. It does, but in this <laughs> case it took 28 yeah. years. Yeah. So, uh, Chances of that happening are probably... Wa- wait for that again, I might not live to see it. So Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, I'm not saying I feel like I lost 15 bucks on it too hard because it's not, you know, it wasn't 
wasn't expensive. At and least it wasn't it's an terrible. indie game. It was. Uh, <laughs> and like, I appreciate kind of the fast turnaround of like, hey, here's this thing. It's coming out in three weeks. Go. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, um, Do you think, though, that may be why you ended up buying something that you regret? Because there was that short turnaround time and there wasn't a lot of time for it to kind of simmer. and No, I mean, I saw the the reviews went up like the night before and I saw that people were saying, it's like, it's not great. Okay. It's not good. And I bought it anyway because I'm an actor-raiser nut and like I just wanted something similar, but I it wasn't even that good. It was like, I was just hoping for something like close enough that I'd be like, I recognize it and it, it scratches that same itch a little bit. Because right now, what do I have to do that? Act Razor. Like, that's right. it. There's nothing right. else yeah. like Act Razor. And um, there still isn't. There's just sort of this pale imitation. And uh, so, under no circumstances, should anyone buy this? Um, I would say pass for the most part. I just. I, just I mean, there's better, much better tower defense games out there. Yes. And, and much better sides for free. Scrolls. Yeah. And, <laughs> and if you want to play. And if you want to play Act Razor. Go play Actraiser. Yeah. It's better. The, it's the way value better. of tower defense is that... The game from 1991 is way better than this, and that's the irony is, like, if you wanted to make this game better, all you had to do was be less innovative. <laughs> Just rip Actraiser <laughs> off harder. Yeah. That that was what they should have done. Huh. It was. It sort of feels like... Uh, what was that game where you're, you're killing the giant monsters... Shadow of the Colossus. No, that was the good one. <laughs> um, I mean, the the one was like uh, where. Oh, I remember. What, I know what game you're talking Extinction about. Extinction. Yeah, like that's that. what it was. You fight yeah. the giant ogres. Yep. It's like that. I was like, oh, I like this idea. I don't like this, <laughs> but I like this idea, and I wish someone else would try it. It's 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 one of those. Tower defense also involves green skinned monsters. Right. Who, right. Who yeah. They know? actually those enemies look like the guys they do. in that game. <laughs> it's very funny. But the value of tower defense is basically on par with match three puzzle games right now. Like, I just kind of expect to get them for free and either have to look at an ad or yeah. get obnoxious requests for me to spend money. But Oh, and this is annoying, too, because like, you need lumber to build stuff. And the, these these are the most efficient woodsmen in the history <laughs> of video games. Like, these guys can cut down that stand of trees in, like, two minutes. So you're constantly <laughs> building roads out so they can reach more... Uh, so they reach more trees and because you're limited in, in resources by the trees, you generally have to deconstruct the uh, the old lumber yard and build, rebuild it over there to be fair, uh, if you deconstruct something, you get all the resources back. Oh, like you don't, you, you don't lose anything by building stuff in the wrong place and undoing it and stuff so that they at least... Dragon Quest Builders 2 is like that too they at least recognize like you destroy that. a block, you get the block back. The other, that's the other thing if you'll notice uh, when he's running around here while it's trolling... I don't know if you notice this. You are way forward on the screen when you're running forward. Oh yeah, and so you're not in the so middle. So monsters can suddenly just be uh, in your face. That is game development 101. Where like clearly your character could have seen them, but you can't see them because the screen hasn't scrolled that far. But you're over halfway to the side of the screen at times. When games have crap like that. That's the so, big old red flag. Like it's just it's just weird. It's like, and I want to talk about because I know almost nobody else is going to talk about it. And there's little things I like, like that you know. There's actually a lot of areas. If you if you do like this game, it it's long. Like there's there's a lot of places. There's multiple areas in the world to do it. I love that when when you fly the little angel around, it pushes the clouds out of the way. Like there's little, nice little touches. I just wish uh, they had just made. Actraiser again. Yeah. But I understand why you'd end up in this tower defense situation because I Would you complain if they had completely ripped off Actraiser? No. You I wouldn't? Would, I would have been super happy. You wouldn't to be like, this. this is shameless and. Oh, I would say dirty. it's shameless, but it's great. 
Or right. it's, it's like it ain't, it ain't like Annex is making yeah, it. Yeah, it's true. It's like who I else mean, is doing? They're not going to give it to us. Let someone else do it. And like it's just weird because so like you saw there like there's a bunch of bunch of different buildings there to unlock in that wheel thing. So I haven't gotten to some of those because I was so bored with this. I stopped after two areas. <laughs> so I'm sure it gets more complex later. But you know what? I feel like based on what I've played so far that like that's just going to make it more annoying. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> So sometimes you just reach that point with a game. And I understand, like, like, like making this tower defense section of the game is probably a lot quicker and easier than making like the the more detailed and more handcrafted uh, town system of uh, of the original Act Razor. But you're gonna rip something off, rip off the good stuff. Oh yeah, for right? sure. Yeah, so. absolutely. So that's a big pass on Soul Seraph. Sadly, yes. It doesn't matter what platforms it's on. Don't buy it, no matter what. Yeah, I, would, I mean, maybe if you can get it in a humble bundle, like for like. You know, as part of like a twelve dollar deal with like six other things, worth the download. Worth the but that's about <laughs> the all bandwidth. It. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just if you're gonna steal from the best, actually steal the steal good the stuff. best. Yeah, the stuff like, that people yeah. liked. Yep. It'd be like making a Mortal Kombat clone with no fatalities. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good analogy. All right, let's move on. We're gonna talk next about Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo's just killing it, Matt. Everything Nintendo's doing right now is the right thing. Um, I don't know if you guys remember when I first got the Switch at launch, the unit that Nintendo sent me, mind you, my Joy-Con was broken. Yeah. It would not work. And I, you know, Nintendo is having me doing all this troubleshooting. Oh, it's interference. It's too close to your router. It's too close to your T. It turned out it wasn't any of that. I just got a defective Joy-Con. Um, I sent it to Nintendo. They literally had it for like a day and a half. I got that Joy-Con back the third day after I called Nintendo. That's how fast they fixed it and got it back to me. And it has been gravy ever since. The new one they sent me works perfectly. It still works perfectly. It completely changed the system for me when I finally got one that worked. Other people have had issues with the Joy-Con. And keep in mind, these Joy-Cons are crazy expensive. It's like 80 bucks for a pair of them. Uh, So obviously there's some big time tech going on inside these things. Uh, But other people have problems with uh, the analog sticks drifting. Uh, For those of you who don't know what a drifting analog stick is, it basically means that even if you don't have your thumb on the stick, the character is still moving on screen. It's the thing that every PS4 controller I had before the Pro did after a year of owning it. It's what happened with my launch PS3 controller Mm. after that I hardly, I hardly played my PS3. In fact, I played it more than the Wii U, but not by a whole lot. Only to play exclusives, basically. Um, And that analog stick wore out for me and started drifting on based on minimal use now i have not had this problem with my switch joy cons have you no but that's probably because i've used the joy cons for maybe five minutes total oh i I see i use them all the time it's all i I use i have never played a game with a joy con really except for um pokemon let's go because they force you to i would make you sick i play every switch game with two joy cons Separated. Like, <laughs> seriously, I just sit there with my hands where, like, sometimes my hands are like down to my side and I'm playing a video game. Like, I, <laughs> I love that about the Wii. I love that about Switch. Like, I can literally sit in any position. And once you get over the mental mental hurdle of having to have your hands together in that controller formation, there's no going back. There really isn't. There's. It seems so absurd when I am forced to put my hands very closely together 
in this position after I've been playing like a lot of Switch. Like I've been playing a lot of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 over the last like week and a half. And then I would jump back to play something else on PS4. And I'm like, this is silly. Like, <laughs> And I get that there are certain genres where you kind of need that configuration for, for you to play them really well. But I, I love the fact that I can just sit there. I loved it with the, with the Wiimotes too. Like being able to separate my hands and just sit there relaxed and play games i hate that i feel i feel like i'm in a coma when i'm doing that <laughs> in a coma I, I play i play everything with a pro controller oh really i will never give up the normal controller i bought a pro controller and i think i've used it like once it's so much better than the joy cons i can't even i mean just the so so- what do you like better about it because it's bigger it fits in my hands like yeah. the, i find the joy cons way too small the one thing i hate about the joy cons though is because i play with them this way I hate how hard it is to slide that sleeve on and off of them because I never want to do it because sometimes they get caught and I feel like I'm breaking them trying to get it and off. And there's actually a, like a right way and a wrong direction to put and you them can, on. And you could break but, them. Yeah. So I don't do that. And the edges without those sleeves on them, like literally cut your hands. <laughs> like they're, it's crazy that they, and there are buttons there too that you can press on that yeah. edge. It's really bizarre. Um, but that's my only complaint really. The rest of it, I, I love it. I love the Joy-Cons. I guess my hands aren't uh, as big as yours or whatever. But so I, be- I mean, I believe people when they say they're drifting as much yeah, as Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just, for sure. I just haven't had it happen because I don't use them. Yep. And the Pro Controller doesn't seem to have the same problem. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any complaints about so, the Pro Controller. Pro Controller's great. Man, I've been playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance for probably 20-some hours, and there are periods where I leave it, like, just paused, and I leave the Pro... That Pro Controller does not run out of batteries. It's like some kind of demon device. Like, have, uh, it, it has solar power or something. I don't know how why, how that thing lasts so long. Have you noticed, too, that, like, it takes a long time for Switch controllers to go to sleep? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's a setting that I can change for that, but, like, uh, I'll set my controllers down, and I'll come back, like, 15 minutes later, and the lights are still on. Oh, I'll come on. back hours later, and the light's still on. Like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> oh, weird. I was upstairs for, like, an hour, and this thing's still on. Like, what's going yeah. on? Like, aren't you supposed to go to sleep? Like, the, yeah. the PS4 would have left a building by now. It's like, it like, doesn't care, you know? <laughs> I, look, I, I agree with you. I absolutely believe that people are having this problem, and Nintendo believes them, too. So Nintendo this week, basically, and it didn't even release an official statement, I believe. It, they did release an official statement, finally. After Patrick Klepek got a hold of... years. <laughs> well, after Patrick Klepek got a hold of an internal memo and reported on it. <laughs> so he broke the story uh, for Vice, and then Nintendo announced it, like, the next day. Yeah, the story's true. Like, so they're fixing... Yeah, fine. Yeah, so they're fixing all drifting Joy-Cons for free. Um, it doesn't matter how old they are. It doesn't matter if they're damaged. Uh, Nintendo just basically said, you know what? We're making so much money right now. We can afford to do yeah. this, and why not? I sure hope you fix that on the light. Yeah. Because I can't separate that Joy-Con and send it to you to be repaired. Yeah, what are they going to do with that? They'll have to send you the device. The device, or they'll have to take the whole thing apart. Yeah. I'll say this. you know, I sent that my Joy-Con in, and I thought that they were just going to replace it. And they sent me back the same Joy-Con hmm. fixed. Instead of sending me a new one, they broke that, busted that thing open and went <laughs> and fixed it and put it back together. Hmm. I was like, what? Like, it's better than when uh, Xbox sent me a literal time bomb. Right. Yeah, that controller that, like, yeah, the, the battery controller. almost burned up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, has, has, can Nintendo do any wrong right now? Well, I mean, they could, like strangle a dog right right i mean <laughs> like it, like i don't know what they do to like lose i mean their fan base is 
frankly, rabid to the point that I don't think they could do anything. You know, but I don't even you're, think you're, it's the fan base because I look. I'm pretty over the moon over Nintendo right now. I feel like it's doing everything right. I feel like I every, think they've got the the best. They've certainly got the most interesting lineup for the rest of the year. It's the only easily sy- it's the only system that has at least one thing of interest per month for me until the end of the year. Um, you look at the release schedule so far, and you're like, God, there's nothing at the. Uh, they, there's almost nothing for the main for the system. I mean, I call them main systems because I don't use the the Switch all that much. But like, I look at the the main kind of the PS4 Xbox lineup through the end of like December, and I'm just like, God, there's nothing in there. I look at the Switch, it's like, oh, there's that, there's that, there's that, there's that. Like they're they're nailing it. They're, I mean, it's, doing it. it's the system to own for the rest of this year, without yeah. a doubt. It's, I, mean, I, I saw someone in chat say they just got a Switch, and, I mean, you, and they were smart. Yeah, if you've got free time and you want to play games on a regular basis, new games. Uh, they're the only thing in town. Like, it, it's it's crazy. Like, people complain about Nintendo, you know, and I have too complained about Nintendo's, like, you know, the, the frequency of their output, and I think this year they solved it. Yep. So we got Mar- Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. I just played... Uh, I just played Dragon Quest Builders 2 on you Switch. Yeah, Fire Emblem in Fire a Fire Emblem hours. will be in my inbox in a couple um, hours. Hell's right down the street if you know what game store to go Right, yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, you've got uh, uh, was it um, that chain abyss abyssal chain was it astral chain astral chain that's coming next month. You got uh, Demon X Machina, which I think I'm the only one excited about that. But I I did like that demo enough to think that the final version might be good, and that's coming soon. Um, you've got Pokemon coming. You've got uh, Dragon Quest Eleven uh, S coming. You've got, I mean it just doesn't stop. And it goes on and on. Yeah, you can see now why uh, Animal Crossing was... Uh, they don't need Animal Crossing. <laughs> they don't need it. Really Your Animal Crossing is going to be good for that first quarter bump. Oh, yeah. Right before the financial call. And it'll do huge. Huge. Absolutely huge. They uh, know what they're doing. Nintendo's killing it, man. Um, I, in my time as a games journalist, which, 97, 22 years, I've never seen Nintendo like this. Ever. I've seen them kind of fired up in the same. I mean, I think that I think 2004 Nintendo sort of had a had a similar sort of renaissance, but it wasn't as packed as this. There just wasn't that much great software. Yeah, it was more that like when they did their kind of Reggie kick-ass take names turnaround, it was more like, oh, we're still going to release like one thing a quarter, but those things are going to be way more interesting. Now. Yep. Uh, whereas this is like, yeah, we we have re- finally recognized that people want to play something. Like all, monthly, the all the time. Remember, like, the excuse, oh, they don't need people don't need games that often. And I, and it's I, so funny going back through the years and the excuses that Nintendo gave for not putting out enough software. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also have the. If you look now, I mean, they put tons of stuff out. If you look at just the the new releases on the on the store on the on the system, but you look at that first page and it's like, what is this garbage? Yeah. <laughs> like it's just mobile crap. Like poured it over. It's like you look at it right now. I, th- I took a picture and sent sent it to to one of my friends. It was like, look at this. Look at the front page. It's like it's a bunch of nonsense free things that should be free to play but aren't. And Marvel. Like that's yeah. that's the current new release page. But I mean, I mean, I'll be honest. The Switch gets a ton of shovelware. Ton. I mean, I mean, we the, every unprecedented. Day, it looks like the App Store every sometimes. day when we're curating. There's, I mean, there's like eight games announced per day for mm-hmm. switch we don't curate a lot of it because a lot of them are indie games from like 2013 i'd be fascinated whatever. by the economics of that like i know like i know that like the big indie games like have a big renaissance on the switch and like you know even if like something like hollow knight's been around for a long time put on the switch 
make a few more million copies. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, dumb, huge. Yeah. But, like, is releasing, like, you know, generic Western attempt to look like an anime game 45. I mean, like, some of these games on Steam, they're, like, very, the, the ratings are, like, rock bottom. Yeah. And maybe some of these people are just like, it's the Switch Gold Rush, and we're going to try to squeeze another $5,000 out of this failed project that we have. And I'm sure, like, the certification with Nintendo is easy, and they probably don't, because they were so desperate going into the Switch generation, they probably don't charge. Yeah. Like, I wish there was some kind of filter you could put on. I mean, I know you can't, Nintendo couldn't do that, because, like, you can't have a filter. It's like, just show me the real games. Right. It's like... You know, just show me Fire Emblem and Marvel, pretty much. Although, if you go down to, like, Featured, you pr- that's pretty Usually much what Usually, that's a, mo- a more curated list. But, uh, again, 22 years of doing this and loving games my entire life. Um, I mean, I, I go back to the SNES era. It's probably the last time yeah. Nintendo was like this. Well, yeah, back when, like, the th- you know third parties were releasing everything simultaneously with both systems like the, yeah. the parity between Genesis and Super Nintendo was pretty impressive when you got down to like what re- everything that was released on both um, it basically came down to whether you you wanted the mode 7 or you wanted faster frame rate or you whether you like the Genesis music sound or the Super Nintendo music sound like it was it was very minor differences yep. un- unless you were playing Aladdin that was weird right um, Genesis Aladdin is better but um <laughs> You got a sword. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, I'd say... Because that, back then, I do remember, you know, part of it is probably being distorted by being a teenager at the time and not being aware of anything beyond, like, you know, the <laughs> day-to-day basis of existence. But, yeah. like, I do, I feel like the same thing was then. was like, oh, there was always something new. There was yeah. a, also because you didn't have release schedules on the internet you could look at all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't know when that's coming out. Oh, it came out this day. You, know, you have to go to the game store to see what was right. there. Well, because it was... Or, like, Toys R Us or, like, just see what was new on the wall or whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, we're talking about an era where like the fact that like Mortal Kombat came out on a specific day or like Sonic 2 came out on Sonic Tuesday like the idea of picking a specific day to promote as like that's the day the game comes out was weird yeah it was unusual for sure but uh, but, it's great to see it is great to see Nintendo like this and to see somebody like this well I think also the other point I kind of wanted to make in discussing this is we've seen other platform holders have success like this and not handle it well Mm. i think we're seeing the exact opposite with nintendo it is doing exactly i mean nintendo has been one of them that handled it poorly in the past it is but not anymore finally they seem to have learned the lesson it's everything It, it gets presented with challenges and it seems to tackle them perfectly every time the only sticking point to me is still nintendo online Right. Um, like a, there was a third party Bring controller. Bring on the Super Nintendo stuff, please. Yeah. Like, God, that's the NES thing is just a disaster. I mean, that's right the now. last sticking point really for Nintendo in general. Is it's got to get its online to a good place. Like, yeah. I, I mean, the, it's not hurting them. Obviously not. Or but or is it? You don't know. Like you don't know if having better online could help help it do even better than it's doing. Well, I mean, you know what would make the Switch even better? If I could play ActRaiser on it. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Uh, but, like, a third-party controller was announced for Switch the other day that has, like, a, a headphone jack on it. Like, like what's going on? Like, get a headphone <laughs> jack. Well, especially after, like, Fortnite proved yeah. that, like, you can do it. It works like, if you <laughs> just have the jack. It's it's mind-boggling. But, look. Paying $80 for these damn Joy-Cons, you can put a <laughs> headphone jack. In the, how about that instead of that IR thing you never use? <laughs> People who have been following me for a long time, followed my work, they know that I'm never a cheerleader like this. It's just not my M.O. 
But sometimes stuff happens and it just it smacks you in the face. And you look, you need to when you call people out when they're doing stuff wrong, you need to you need, you need to do that as a journalist. But you also need to celebrate when they're doing things right and you need to celebrate them and that's what i'm I'm doing right now with nintendo it deserves accolades it deserves praise i don't think we'll ever see another non-hybrid nintendo console what do you think not i I think this is their niche now because what happened was they're not supporting two platforms anymore right they're supporting one and this is what happens when you support one platform like everybody else does some of these projects would have had to have been other projects that were supporting the 3ds yeah or these projects wouldn't come out until like the end of the switch's life cycle like it used to happen they'd announce a bunch of stuff for their platforms and you'd ever you'd either never see it or it would sneak in right at the end of the generate look at breath of the wild Mm-hmm. For God's sake, perfect example of it. So, I mean, to be fair, I think Breath of the I think they started this earlier than I mean, the, the Wii U lasted much less time than they thought it. Was well, I think to. they also figured out very quickly it was a it failure. Was, yeah, it was not going to be something they could keep with. And then they could start planning. They're like, okay, what's the bare minimum number of yeah. releases we can put out to save well, they're face? Like, okay, this thing we're going to put out to replace the 3DS. What if we just what if we put a dock on it? Yep, and call it a day. Yeah, and say this—that's just our system now. And, and it's like, it worked. It also helps that I don't know, and I don't know how much of this was was intentional. I feel like Nintendo's internal people probably could have seen this coming, but it helps that this is happening at a period in a period where Microsoft is pretty much in a holding pattern in preparation for the Scarlet next year, yep. and Sony has basically run silent. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of been I mean, that not, way I mean, for a while. I mean, Death Stranding's still coming yeah. uh, in, in September. We've still almost certainly got Last of Us in February, but, like, the Sony hype is pretty quiet right now just because they've, they've gone dark. Until they show that first clip of Uncharted or whatever franchise running on PlayStation 5. Right. And it'll all just... But I don't Everyone think, will forget. But I don't think that's happening until, I mean, earliest It's like December. a year. Well, yeah, maybe a PSX they show some stuff. PSX or, or if Keeley gets, uh, gets, gets the big scoop. I don't see that I happening. don't see that. I think we're going to see some cool Nintendo yeah. stuff at that. Keeley show is awesome. It's not that awesome. <laughs> Sony will not give that something like that no. for, for... Are they doing chip. PSX this year, you think? 50-50, probably. Yeah. I think it depends on whether they want to show that or not. Yeah. If they want to show PS5 stuff, yes. Yeah. If they're not ready to show that this year, no. But until then, and that's pretty much after all the major... I mean, Nintendo's got the, the floor to themselves Yep. for the rest of 2019. And it is dancing all over the place. <laughs> Dance like no one's watching, Nintendo. I mean, it is. That's what it's doing right now. Yep. Um, so kudos, Nintendo, man. You guys have done an amazing job with Switch. Uh, it is far exceeded yeah. my. They're also putting out that Iwata book, yeah, which looks like a tearjerker. Yeah, like they're they're playing all the cards right. They there. are. They absolutely. I mean, not are. not to commodify what seems like a pretty heartfelt project, but it's like that's the right time for that. It is like, for sure. Yeah. Yep. So kudos to Nintendo, man. I've never seen it like this ever, and I know most of you guys haven't either because you're all younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our last topic. Some old dude's like, oh, the Atari 2600 was amazing. (laughs) That is Kane. (laughs) All right, let's move on to our last topic for episode 174 in our brand new studio. Uh, We're going to talk about a game that comes out tomorrow. Uh, I got it yesterday. I have not had as much time to play it as I would have liked because reasons. Uh, And that is Wolfenstein Youngblood. 
Uh, it comes out tomorrow for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. No Switch version yet. I saw it on Switch. Though. Oh, it is a Switch game. Yeah, there was a, there was a Switch pre-order on when I went to get uh, Fire Emblem. Oh, I didn't realize that. I, I, know, saw, I, mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's tomorrow, but I, I definitely saw Youngblood signage oh, great. In, the, in the Switch store. Um, Bethesda has been great about supporting Switch, so that shouldn't surprise me at all that they would be putting out a version. But for some reason, I thought this was the one that they weren't. I hadn't been I paying, att- paying attention, but I definitely saw Youngblood stuff in the Switch store. Yeah. Uh, someone in the chat, I'm sure, will let us know that whether it's on Switch or not. Uh, but anyway, I've been playing Wolfenstein Youngblood. I'm about... It's already out on PC. Yeah. It's already out on PC? It came out yesterday on PC. Really? I don't. There was a reason for that, but I don't remember what it was. It went. It went live early for Weird. some reason. Was it like an accident or was no? It, it, was, was, planned. it was planned. Interesting. I don't, I don't remember why, but there was a reason for it, and I don't know what it was now. Well, reviews came out for this game today, which I was kind of surprised about because Bethesda has not been good about sending out code early. Like I said, I got it yesterday, so two days before. So I guess. I like we can we can yell right at Todd now. He's right, He's right there. there. We can yell at a lot of people with <laughs> with this set. We can have some very interesting moments with this set where if we get really angry with somebody that's on the set, we can just have a direct conversation with them right there. Um, so yeah, Wolfenstein Youngblood features B.J. Blasovitz. Is that the right way to Blaskowitz. say it? Blaskowitz. 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 I mean, it probably originally was supposed to be Vitz, but. He's American now. Right. <laughs> uh, it follows his two twin daughters. Um, the crazy thing about this game is at the open, they show you what domestic life is at the Blaskowitz house. I'm never mm-hmm. going to say it right now because <laughs> I've got like four different versions running through my head. And uh, as you might imagine, if you're... If you're married to or raised by BJ, your your childhood and your domestic life aren't ideal. Well, especially when you're growing up in a Nazi-controlled world. world. Yeah. Um, so the game starts, and it, it's like BJ... They're basically trying to make you give a crap about BJ. So they show him being, like, rearing his daughters, like, teaching them how to shoot a gun. The mom's teaching the other daughter how to punch a heavy bag, blah, blah, blah. But it shows this weird, like, nuclear family unit, which to me is very bizarre because BJ has always been, I don't even know if I could call him a one-dimensional character. He's like a half-dimensional character. Did you not play the other two games? Yeah, of course I did. I mean, they, they, they... Well, they have that weird, like, internal dialogue stuff that goes on. Yeah, if you can hear it. Right. But... That was the weird thing about, the, about was it New Colossus was the last one? Yeah. Like, that was the weird one about that was, like, I couldn't hear what he was whispering about over the gunfire most of the time. Yeah. I, I, I never turned subtitles on. I had to turn subtitles on that game because I couldn't hear what he was monologuing about in his head. Um, but they were, I mean, he was trying, they're trying to make him into a more of a, a layered character who wasn't just like the doom guy. Meathead. You know? Yeah. That's kind of what I appreciate about the, the modern Wolfenstein versus the modern doom is like doom embraces the idea that the guy in that game is just a crazy, like monster killer guy yeah. who has no personality besides I want to kill demons and BJ, they try to make into sort of a more of a human. Um, they try really hard in this one. So <laughs> it starts out you're at home with the family, and he's, like I said, he's teaching one daughter to shoot. The mom's teaching another girl to, like, melee. Because they know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then it's you start it starts to hit you, like, what their lives are like. Because they're... 
they're basically the stuff that they're talking about is like they could come any minute, like they could be here any day. Like we, you got mm-hmm. to prepare. You're only 13, but you need to know how to shoot a, a rifle. Like it's a horrible existence. Yeah, because BJ is one of the most notorious Nazi killers in the world. So right. if they ever find them, yep. So then it flashes forward to like a near future. I'm not like it goes from like 1980 to sometime a little bit past now but the nazis have still like taken over they still yeah they're still in control well, i mean so i think they're anya and bj are like in their mid 50s yep so it would be like it'd be the 80s yeah it'd be the mid 80s yeah i guess you're right yeah no you're right it would be the 80s so the the dates that they flash up are 79 and 80 the technology in the game goes far beyond what was available in real 1979 and 1980 well also true in the previous game I mean, yeah the diesel punk stuff really pushes pushes the boundaries and like they I mean, they had that weird super kind of almost halo suit yeah. in in the last one with like the you know, which it looks like everybody has one but in you this can see one. here she's teaching her child like you know don't ever let your guard down yeah, or someone will someone slit will your throat. Your yeah, it's like, what kind of existence is this? And they do push back. Like, both the daughters don't necessarily want this life. And that's kind of what the early part of the plot plays off of is. So BJ goes missing. And they go to Paris to try and find him. And at this point, they're a part of the FBI. So FBI drops them off in Paris on this insane Nazi airship. And they go in looking for him, and that's kind of how the game kicks off. But they get on the ship, and this is weird, because if they're in the FBI, you would think they would have had this training and stuff already, but... There's an FBI? It says, yeah, the helicopter they fly, and you'll see it in a second, it says FBI on the seats of the I helicopter. I assume this is some kind of, like, government in exile thing? I guess. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because the Nazis control America, right? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't win that fight. I guess they maybe they did. They, they I never finished the second one. Did they, <laughs> it was hard. Did they? Hard uh, as nails. Did they like win a piece of Texas back or something? Like I don't know the, 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 what the state of the world was. I don't. I don't that? remember. I don't remember at all. But well, here, anyway, you're gonna see the helicopter here. But they land on this Nazi airship and they get inside and they see a Nazi and like the the scene that we were seeing before with them talking to that woman in the bunker. That woman is challenging them. They're like, just because you're BJ's kids doesn't mean that you're a Nazi killer. You mm. need to prove to me that you're a Nazi killer. So you're they, not a Nazi killer until you kill some Nazis. you kill a Nazi. So they land on this ship. Got and standards here. Come on. Yeah, and this is their first target. And the banter between the two girls here as they try to figure out, like, can they kill somebody mm. is pretty interesting. And, again, you would think it was something they would have gotten over before they go on a mission. But this – and you're watching it right now. So this is them, like, trying to kill someone for the very first time, and they're, like, petrified. So she stabs the Nazi and realizes she doesn't kill him. And then he goes, oh, you're going to get it now. And she's like, oh, crap. Oh, <laughs> sis comes through. Now watch this. They blow his head off. Then she pukes. <laughs> and then pretty, cheers. Pretty common. It's, but I like this is what I'm getting yeah. at. Like, I like this different tone. I like a video game where the people in it are like, you know what? I've never done this before. And this is freaking insane. Like, what are we doing? We're, like, on a Nazi ship trying to kill Nazis to rescue our dad in Paris. Well, I'm also wondering if they get into the idea that, like, you know, that kind of you're sort of pinning your hopes of, of, you know, finally taking down this Nazi regime uh, on these kids now that, you know, kind of these time has passed and they're the new generation. 
but this new generation doesn't know what they're fighting for. Right. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. they don't know what the, what the world before the Nazis was. So like it's hard. It's hard to f- have these kids fight. You know, life That's and limb point, on actually. life and limb on the line for this world that they don't know. They never what ha- that never is. experienced. That's a good point. They don't actually. know what an ice cream parlor is. Yeah. That's true. That's my plan. That's my plan. When when climate change makes this whole place into, into the, like Mad Max, I'm gonna be like be like 75, like wandering the wasteland, like this like wasteland coot, like telling children about milkshakes. <laughs> they were delicious. Ne- <laughs> you'll never know. You'll never know what a milkshake tastes like, lad. <laughs> but it was like, incredible. Yeah. Just trust me, kid. <laughs> uh, but so once you start playing, it is drop in, drop out co op at any time. Um, people can join in with you at any time, and they their progress will always get saved towards their single-player game, which is great. That's a big uh, issue for me that I've complained about in the past, so I'm really happy about that. The game forces you to do stealth. The stealth sucks. I'll say that right out of that's, the gate. That's always been true. Yeah. I mean, I mean luckily, like the pre- I mean, I don't know about this game, but I know the previous games, the advantage on the stealth was that if you failed the stealth, it didn't, like, they just... There's no penalty. You just had to get in a firefight. And... Yeah, I mean, alarms will go off in this, but there's so many enemies anyway that it doesn't seem like the alarms really change much because <laughs> yeah. every room just gets flooded with enemies eventually. Um, the, way, the way the co-op works is when you boot up the game for the first time, you pick which of the twins you want to play as. And then there's very simple customization. Like There's like a few outfits to choose from. You can choose from like a couple helmets and whether you want to wear it or not. Um, is it the same... like? skill upgrade system where you have to like accomplish like some weird little trick to get the ability to like throw knives or whatever no no you earn points and then you just go into a menu and spend the oh, yeah. skill points yeah, yeah. i kind of like the the system and the other two were like to upgrade this this ability like you had to like you know headshot four officers with this pistol or whatever like i kind of like the, the the where they forced you to sort of do stupid human tricks to it's almost like achievements, except they rewarded you with new character skills. Yeah, arbitrarily, it, they just reward you with skill points in this one. Oh, that's, that's kind of too bad. Yeah, and you can go into the tree and then and then update them there. But anyway, so after you choose your character, you can choose from one of two moves. One of them is a cloaking device that makes you invisible, and the other is this like shoulder charge melee attack. So I thought about it. I'm like, oh, the way I play, I probably want the shoulder charge. So I took the shoulder charge. Oh, no, I should have absolutely chosen the cloak because they ask you to do stealth in this game a lot. So if you buy this tomorrow and boot it up, just trust me, pick the cloak. Hmm. It's the better choice. Now, I will say this. You get the option to get the cloak pretty quickly if you choose the shoulder charge. It's almost like arcane and machine games was like oh wait a minute like you need the cloak way more in this game so if somebody chooses the shoulder charge we're gonna give it to them pretty quickly uh but still even in the early going it's better to have the cloak so make sure you choose that um once you start the game you can set to play as private and you have a a cpu controlled partner that plays along with you and i will say this it's pretty smart um, the one thing I don't like is you basically have to request the CPU to revive you hmm. instead of going down and they just automatically revive you. Like you can choose to call for help or bleed out and you'll be laying there on the ground, like right next to your partner and they <laughs> won't revive you. As soon as you tap call for help, revives you right away, uh, which is a little odd. I thought little initiative, please. Yeah. They, they want you to tell them to do it. Otherwise she'll just keep fighting like alongside you. Uh, like I said, drop in, drop out co-op. You can set it up so nobody can join you. You can set it so anybody can join you. You can set it so just your friends can join you. Uh, but they can jump in and jump out. If they leave, 
CPU takes over right away. Hmm. Uh, the co-op in this is handled very, very well. Uh, the one thing I would say that I'm a little disappointed in that I haven't seen so far, and again, I haven't played a ton, is that I don't see a lot of team-up and synergy stuff where you kind of work together as a team <coughs> with attacks or anything like that. You're just kind of like discrete soldiers work, working together, but nothing that you do together to take down bosses and things like that. Mm. Uh, unlike Gears 5, the shooting in this is sublime. It, it's Wolfenstein. It has been for the last two games. The shooting in this feels amazing. No such problems targeting in this game. Um, and it didn't seem like the auto-aim was too over-generous either. Um, but the guns feel great. The guns, like other Wolfenstein games, you don't get a ton of guns. There's like that base wheel that fills up and once it's filled up you're pretty much done it's not like one of these games where every mission you're getting this new fancy pistol or some kind of crazy energy weapon or whatever you have like a shotgun uh an lmg an smg an assault rifle and a pistol and then over time you can level those up and make them more powerful but overall the arsenal is pretty focused hmm. What do you um, use the silver coins for that you're picking up there? Uh, for upgrades as well. Mm. Yeah, so upgrades and skill point or coins and skill points. Uh, some upgrades need both. Some upgrades only need one or the other. Um, but yeah, the, it's it's a little weird. And mostly the coins are used for like the weapon upgrades. It's like you have to buy them or whatever. Um, another cool thing about how they handle co-op is shared lives. So as you play throughout the game, you'll find these crates that are called shared lives crates. And basically you have to wait, your partner has to be there and you open the crate together. And it basically gives you both an extra life that you hmm. share between the two of you. Um, so whichever one goes down first burns that life, but then obviously the other one can come and revive if they need to. Now, the reviving thing might bother Wolfenstein fans because that's not something that's been a part of the franchise. But it's a co-op game, and you kind of, if you're going to play co-op, you kind of need to be able to revive each other. Uh, so I get why they did it, but I think people who really like the pure Wolfenstein experience are probably going to be disappointed. This, the other thing I would say too is this game is a lot easier. Um, I know I had problems with some parts of the last Wolfenstein game. Uh, some parts where I got so frustrated I almost gave up. There are definitely some uh, choke points. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so far with this game, I've had no none of that. The challenge is there. Um, there's a – I will say this, though. There's a big disparity between enemies. So there are some enemies where you just run and just shoot, and boom, they fly back, they're dead. And then there are the armored guys who – you shoot at point-blank range with a shotgun, and they lose, like, two pixels off their health bar. And those are the guys that you're constantly running away from to get distance from. And We've all played shooters that have heavies in them. Uh, but they stand out from the regular enemies a lot because the rank-and-file guys are very, very easy to take down. And it's a little weird. Like, you get in these skirmishes where you're in a room, and they flood it with enemies, and you're running around, and you're just taking out guys with one shotgun blast. Boom, boom, they're dropping, they're dropping, and then there's this tank like in the middle of it all. So what I found is a lot of times it ends up, you just go and take out all the, the easy guys and leave the tanks. And then when you have two people fighting the tank, you can only shoot it one at a time. Mm. And it makes it kind of easy to take them out eventually. But 
the banter in this game is really good. It is set in the 80s, so you hear stuff like tubular and radical. Like they're that I don't know if that would work. Well, also if you if you think about the fact that this is an alternate it, history, but maybe appar- tubular never happens. But apparently Sean Penn still was in Fast right. Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> like I, well, you remember in the 80s, Valley Girls were like a thing. Like you, maybe they weren't for you because you lived in California. But if you lived on the East Coast, they're Valley Girls Valley, are from California. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like here, if you lived here, you're just like those are oh, just no. girls that live oh, in no, the Valley. No, I know that. What I'm saying is that in a Nazi-occupied alternate reality, the slang color wouldn't be the same. Yeah, right. There are no Valley Girls. Yeah. A- absolutely. Tubular comes from the surf culture. A lot of surfers. It, yeah. Like <laughs> not. I mean, I remember Nazi surfers must die, but that was a different yeah, yeah. movie. That, I thought that was Nazi punks must. Die. No, that's a dead Kennedy song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, zombie surfers. Must <clears throat> I don't know. Zombies, Nazis, same difference. Uh, but anyway, the uh, the banter between the girls is great because not only are they like bragging on their dad the whole time while they're concerned about rescuing him and finding him. I saw a they're cracking jokes about him the whole time. I and saw a complaint today on Twitter that uh, someone wished that they didn't say each other's names as often. That was one of the weirdest complaints I've ever seen. Yeah, on anything. I, I mean, look, I haven't made it that far into the game yet, so it hasn't bothered me yet. But they do say it a lot because they're while combat is happening, there's canned responses. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I need ammo, but they do use their names every time. Mm. So you might so, end up in like a Titanic situation where yeah. it's like Jack Rose, Jack, Jack, <laughs> yeah. Jack Rose, Rose, Jack, Jack. Yeah. So I actually now that I think about it, I could see where when you get to the end of the game it might start to get annoying Mm. Uh, but you do realize very quickly what their names are and which one's (laughs) which i'll say that much um and there are boss fights the boss fights are they're kind of like the heavies they're like way tougher than like the rest of the enemies in the game as they should be they are the boss fights Uh, but they do use special abilities like the first bot you boss you fight cloaks um, and that's when I realized that I should have chose the cloak instead of the <laughs> shoulder charge because I was like, uh, duh, being invisible lets you do anything. I'm like, why would I choose a shoulder charge? Uh, but anyway, and there are boss fights. And in that way, that those do play very similar to prior Wolfenstein games. But I think, you know, most people who are looking at this game are probably people who are fans of Wolfenstein. And it's... While it has the same characters and the same setting and kind of the same plot, it doesn't really play like Wolfenstein anymore. I would argue it plays more like a a typical first-person shooter than what you've kind of come to know and love from Wolfenstein. Uh, But I am having a ton of fun with it. I've really enjoyed playing co-op. The reviews I've seen today seem low, but again, I haven't played that much. So maybe, Mm -hmm. again, as you play it more, some of the stuff that... Isn't immediately apparent in the first handful of hours become annoying. It's also or, thirty bucks, right? It, I think it is discounted. I don't think it's thirty though. I thought it was like half price. It's 30 cheaper. To 40? I thought it was forty, thirty-nine maybe. Um, reports are saying that this game is about fifteen to twenty hours long, so it's not like this gigantic. And that may explain why they did the progression system different instead of like you said, like based upon your actions. I just given you points to use because mm. the game isn't as long as the base Wolfenstein games are. Maybe they decided to tweak that a bit. I don't base know. Base Wolfenstein games longer than thirty hours? No, longer than fifteen. Mm. Not by a lot. But they're like what, eighteen, twenty hours typically. Wolfenstein. Well, I guess it depends on how good you are. Someone could probably speed run it in like an hour. But yeah. for me, it takes me like eighteen to twenty hours because I die a lot. Yeah, thirty bucks. 
30 bucks. 30, wow. It was 30 bucks on Steam. Wow. Okay. Then those reviews today must not take into account how much a game costs. 39.99 for the deluxe version. I don't uh, know what that is. That's what they sent me was the deluxe version. Oh, I know what the deluxe version does actually. Buddy this, pa- oh, the buddy pass. Yeah, right. and this is a really cool I'm glad you brought that up. It's a really cool feature. So if you get the deluxe edition and it's Matt says it's 10 bucks more. It gives the ability to for a friend on your friends list to come into your game and play it cooperatively without ever buying the game. So tonight, when I'm playing this at home, if you guys see me on PSN, you can jump in and play with me all the way through the whole game without ever spending a penny because I got the deluxe edition. Now, I didn't pay for it, but Bethesda sent it to me, but like tonight... You could play with me. You could jump on mm-hmm. PSN. You could play through the whole game without buying it with me, which is a pretty cool feature, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think your your progress continues if you buy it. It does. Well. Yeah, I'm not sure why Bethesda did this. <laughs> I mean, you're basically, like, chopping out a percentage of your potential customer base by doing this. I guess. You're, not, you're not getting a penny from the second guy. Getting an extra 10 bucks From the first guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I wonder how many people will buy the deluxe edition. I wonder how many friends are going to be like, yo, bro, how about <laughs> we just spend the 40 bucks? I pay 20, you pay 20. Mm. It certainly pr- presents a lot of uh, new things that uh, perhaps haven't been a part of games for a while. Um, I do have some complaints based on the limited amount of time that I've played. Uh, there are some rough checkpoints in this game. There are checkpoints where... You have to fight through several rooms of tough enemies and then fight a boss. And so you die on the boss fight. You have to fight through those same rooms again to fight the boss. Um, there's also some weird quirks with how you if you use up all your stuff and then die and respawn, it's gone. Hmm. So if you are getting fed up fighting a boss and you're tired of like using just your typical weapons to fight him and you unload with like your heavy ammo, it doesn't come back. So keep that in mind. Um, typically, I save ammo like that just for the tough bosses. That's why I don't use it until then. Uh, but if you're a player that wants to hoard your uh, your big weapons or your big ammo, just keep in mind if you use it and die, you don't get it back. Um it's gory as all get out. I think you probably saw from that scene where the Nazi's head gets mm-hmm. blown off. That is one part where it is absolutely in line with uh, Wolfenstein. And I would say that there are moments that are shocking. Like I, I've talked about the last Wolfenstein a couple times that there were some scenes in that where I was like, whoa. And there's a couple of them in this too. So as far as tone is concerned in that way, it is right on the razor's point for Wolfenstein. So I feel like it's they've done a good job with that. Um, it's funny, the banter, like I said, I like the banter a lot, but the writing's good, the one-liners are good. Uh, I laughed out loud a couple times just in the first few hours of playing it. Um, and then, you know, they always soften the blow of the seriousness and the gore with a good joke. They did that in the last Wolfensteins, and they do that here. It's like, you have that moment where you're like, oh my god, I can't believe they, oh, (laughs) it's a very weird game to play. The weapons feel great. The shotgun in this game feels so freaking amazing and powerful, uh, mostly because with most of the enemies, you shoot them once and they fly back like 15 feet, but then like you fight this heavy. Watch, watch my shotgun, how little health it takes off of this guy. 
So I mean, what's the strategy? Is there like a place on him you have to shoot? or a I haven't figured it out. Uh, my strategy was run away. <laughs> get, get way far away from him and shoot him until he gets close and then run away again. That's pretty much how I beat him. Um, but I'm having a ton of fun with it so far. I'm only like three hours into the game, and we'll come back next week and we'll talk about it, and I'll go into more detail about the later parts of the game. But handful of hours in, I'm having a good time. Um, based upon what I've played so far, I would say the reviews are a little low, but again... What's it getting? It's like 7.5, 8-ish, mm. something like that so far. Um, but again, I've not played much of it, so I'm not going to say anyone's wrong or anything like that. Just based upon the first handful of hours, it's better than that score, but we'll see if it can maintain that throughout the entire experience. Um, at 30 bucks, go buy it. <laughs> like Seriously, I had no idea it was that cheap. I thought it was 40 bucks. 30 bucks, go yeah, buy it. No I looked, brainer. I just looked it up on the PlayStation Store, and it has 30 and bucks. It's 30. 40 bucks. For no the, brainer. 40 bucks for the deluxe. 30 bucks, no brainer. It's... It's awesome. For 30 bucks. that's one of the best deals you're going to have this year, I think. Even having only played, I feel like I may have got 30 bucks worth already, to be <laughs> honest with you. So that's why I'm sitting here saying, man, if I'm going to get like a three times more of the time I've played for $30, I would do that in a heartbeat. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, $30, all platforms. Thumb up. All right. You'll get it. All right time for our trailer of the week here on game face episode 174 if you guys have been on sifted in the last couple of days i can guarantee you know what the trailer of the week is going to be this week um also as always while we're running the trailer of the week get your questions in the chat we're going to do a lengthy q a because we haven't hung with you guys for a while so get your questions in the chat as always go at sifted games in the chat it makes it easier for us to pluck out your questions. But anyway, our trailer of the week this week, can you, well, you saw what it is. Yeah, I mean, I figured it was what it would be yeah. anyway. So uh, the first trailer for The Witcher series on Netflix came out this week, and it had to be our trailer of the week. Let's roll it. I'm hearing stories about witches. Is it true what they say? Elves are the original sorcerers of the continent. When humans and monsters arrived, elves taught the humans how to turn chaos into magic. And then the humans slaughtered them. Chaos is the most dangerous thing in this world. But without control, chaos will kill you. So that's all life is to you? Monsters and money. It's all it needs to be. Something out there waits for you. This child will be extraordinary. Yennefer, imagine the most powerful woman in the world. Do you have what it takes? Destiny just because you're terrified of it. It's coming. Find guilt for you. I can't do this without you. No matter what you choose, you'll come out bloody.
So what do you think, Matt? Looks like The Witcher. Yeah. Like, I mean, are you pretty happy with what you saw? More or less. I mean, I am. It looks like they're they're getting it. I mean, it's obviously based more on the books than the uh, than the the games, which are a very different thing. Um, yeah. But it looks good. Uh, Cavill looks uh, looks like Geralt. Like I think they've they they cast him perfectly. Chose, chose wisely on that. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, when it comes to adapting like weird niche source material like that, the fact that I can look at all that and say, like, yeah, I know who all those people are. Like that's great. Like it, it's. It's already better than the X Men, so like, <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm interested. Like, I I have my continuing complaint with Netflix stuff that like they always have like about two episodes more than they need for the storytelling, and so you get a like, kind of lull in the middle where they just repeat the same plot points over and over. Um, we'll see if you know they've been getting a little better about that. Stranger Things season three didn't do that. Uh, certainly not as badly as two did. Um, so we'll see if uh, The Witcher comes up with enough story to fill out its episode count. Um, but I like what I see so far. I'm certainly happy with the production value so far. Yeah, I mean they're going for their. They, you know, they want a Game of Thrones. It looks like Game that's, of Thrones. That's what they're after, so I think they're throwing that kind of money at it. It's also what Amazon is doing with the Lord of the Rings Second Age uh, show. So it's exciting. We'll it's yeah. exciting. I'm pumped, man. I, I that looks way better than I thought it was going to look. I have to admit. Certainly like, looks way better than the first attempt. Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, that didn't air outside of Poland, but right. uh, not didn't look like that. Nope. <laughs> Definitely not. I think it looks awesome and it looks hot. So uh, let's get to Q&A. First of all, I want to thank all you guys who are subscribing via Twitch Prime. Um, it's been a while. Uh, our, again, our month last – so we had a really bad month a couple months ago. I mentioned it. And then we had a great month. And then – I didn't mention it, and it went back to terrible again. Hmm. So let's get it back up to where it needs to be for this month, particularly when we're now here in the studio and all the costs associated with it with insurance and internet and all that other stuff. Uh, so thank you guys for subscribing. I'm going to go through very quickly and name you guys. Justin Horman, thank you. Veritas, thank you. Nexus Batty, Nexus 6 Batty, I think. Thank you. Um, who else? Mike's Q, thank you. We did voiceover for our last uh, Sifted Countdown. All right, that's it for the end of the show. Let's get to some questions. Uh, w. Matthew, we got to. First show in the new studio, got to answer a question from W. Matthew. Uh, what's your guys' take on the Shadowbringers, the Final Fantasy fourteen expansion pack, being the highest scored game of the year? Hmm. Well, are you asking if it's going to win game of the year? If that's the case... No, I don't. I don't have a take on it because I have to play 120 hours of the game before I can t- see it. Is that true? Yeah, I mean wow. you can buy a thing that lets you skip ahead, but I didn't. Uh, you have so. to buy the thing that skips it's like you ahead. Like a token that can skip you. What? Ahead, yeah. That's weird. Because Blizzard kind of figured out how to do that with World of Warcraft already, like how to get people who haven't played much to get into the expansion, right? Mm-hmm. Without paying, also, if I remember. I mean, typically the expansions came with like a free character. Cre- yeah, you know, like like when the Death Knight showed up, you can create a Death Knight at like that higher level and just jump right into it. Wrath of the Lich King. Um, I haven't played World of Warcraft since Cataclysm, so I don't know like what they've done since then. But uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a little nominal fee to jump ahead. You can jump by basically by a token and jump your head to pretty much any um, expansion content. Uh, from what I understand, the a realm, a realm Reborn is sort of the slog you have to go to to get to the good stuff. Like, not that a Realm Reborn is terrible, but it is pretty bog standard MMO. A lot of fetch questing, a lot of going rock, running back and forth stuff, and then once you get to, I think it's Heaven's Word, like uh, apparently gets good. 
really good. And of course, uh, Shadowbringer is. Uh, I mean, there was who was it? somebody was a Cat Bailey. Somebody somebody was saying on Twitter like like she, the, she was like not only is this great, but it's like it reminded me of why I play video games. Whoa! And I'm like, wow! Like the, an MMO. Like the the praise this thing gets is. I mean, that's why I bought it because I'm because yeah. it was it was a good deal anyway on the Steam Summer Sale. But I was like. I gotta see what this is. Like people, you know, and like Benson, our friend Mike Benson, like he loves Final Fantasy fourteen and like he thinks it's one of the greatest things he's ever played. And he doesn't have the time to play uh, Shadowbringers right now, but he r- wishes he could. Uh-huh. Like it's it's on his plan for the year to get to it. Like uh, you know, like people praise this thing's expansion content so much. I'm like, I gotta see what this is at some yeah. point. But it just turns out I gotta play. The- I will admit that I have played uh, probably like twenty or so hours of it. Like I'm just about to get my Chocobo. My mount, which is like a like twenty hour mark, is about the the rule of thumb on that. Um, it is pretty bog standard MMO, but like I'm really enjoying the world. Like the hmm. world, all the cities you go to, and the world is beautiful. And like it, it it has a kind of like a like a it makes like a cultural sense that a lot of MMOs don't. Like yeah. I I th- I think it's really involving it to just walk around the world and see stuff. Square Enix is good at creating worlds. Yeah. It's, Whether it's interesting to be in them or not, that's kind of its yeah, X they, factor. They, but. They, they, they hit a wall sometimes when it comes to putting interesting characters in them. Yeah. But uh, you can't argue that, like, even the world of Final Fantasy XV, it's not like you can walk around that and be like, oh, this is really interesting. I want to know, but oh, no, I don't want to know the story behind that because it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you just look at it, it's like, oh, that's cool. Like, you just walk into that for, like, my character, the class I picked ended up starting me in, like, the desert city. And, like, just wandering, the city's big, there's a lot of, like, different areas and districts to see and, like, characters to run into and sort of, like, stuff going on. It feels it feels populated and real in a way that a lot of MMO stuff doesn't. There's that kind of sterility that a lot of MMOs yeah. have. Final Fantasy XIV doesn't have that. Interesting. Like, it's, it's, it's weirdly believable. Like, it, it's, and they, it feels like they expect you to play it as a single player in a lot of ways. Like, there's a... The story is very focused on you and your character. It's it's, it's taken some cues maybe from SWOTOR uh, in that respect. So uh, I, I am actually enjoying it. It's just I don't have that the time to burn through it. What about the uh, question so though? What do you think about it like being considered for a game? I don't of the year? know. Like I mean, maybe like if I get to it by the end of the year, maybe I'll have an answer for that. But I don't. All I know is that the people that are praising it on that level, a lot of them are people that I respect and whose opinions yeah. I take seriously. So like all I can say is like I guess I got to get to this damn thing. I don't think it'll ever win Game of the Year. <laughs> I don't think it will. I don't mean mean from like general outlets. And yeah, stuff. just like, in I, general. No one's gonna not not enough people are gonna play it. It's also hard to give it. I think to give an expansion pack Game of the Year. Yeah, I mean, exp- I mean, expansion pack could could get like a expansion pack of the year, like a sequel. Of yeah, the year. yeah. I mean, like, but like Game the, of the Year. That's the problem tough. is that like I just don't think a lot of people who haven't played it are going to get to it. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not going to play it. There's I mean, no way so, in hell I'm playing it. I mean, if I were Square and you, you were... Can, you can tell me it's the most awesome thing you ever played, and I probably still wouldn't even try If I were Square and I were, it was coming down to closer to the end of the year, I would start sending out codes with a thing to jump straight to the Shadowbringer content and just say, hey, try it. Yeah. If you want that game, you're going to have to do that if like you want Like a for your consideration campaign, yep. basically. Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, let's see. J. Reed Vic 7. Uh, the Witcher Netflix series is going to inevitably be compared to Witcher 3, even though it's a book adaptation. Is this the first story-driven game adjacent property that's had a note had a noteworthy outing on television or film? Um, like a first game to do that? Yeah. For the first story-driven game adjacent property. 
Um, I mean, there have been fairly high-profile anime adaptations of some some story driven games. Like there was the Final Fantasy anime, and I think a Dragon Quest one at some point. Like, where that Final Fantasy anime wasn't good. No, but it was a high-profile project. Um, there was also Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within, which was also which was terrible, a disaster. but it was a, it was a theatrical it major was. release. Yeah, for um, sure. that almost bankrupted Square. And <laughs> they opened- how's that server farm in Hawaii doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, still making you money. I mean, it's probably the most likely to be successful. Not that we'll ever know, because Netflix doesn't tell anybody right. how anything does, and yeah. unless they do like a like a oh, this many million people watched it. Like even people that work on Netflix shows don't know how well their shows did. They won't tell you. It's got to be frustrating. It is, because um, you it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how like you're like oh, I bet David Letterman. No, David Letterman doesn't know. Yeah. David Letterman how doesn't his know talk how his show does. Doing. Yeah, has no idea. I, I can see that there's certain positives to that approach, but I think there's more negatives, from yeah. a, uh, particularly from the creative person. Yeah, well, you got to know like, if this isn't working, like maybe we can do. How do you adjust like, you if you adjust. don't know? Yeah, it's just like <laughs> no, they aren't interested in that. It's bizarre. So I don't know. I mean, uh, it certainly looks like maybe the best looking attempt at a video game adaptation. Oh yeah! Like oh yeah! I mean, there's been stuff that's like true to the the content, the way like Mortal Kombat was. But I, Mortal I haven't Com- even seen a film that looks. Mortal that Kombat's close. based on, or like Silent Hill, Silent the Silent Hill movies like looked very. The verisimilitude was there, but they weren't good movies, really. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the bar is low. The bar is very low. But that said, it looks pretty great. It does <laughs> that spider coming up out of the? And muck, again, it's based, on, it's like, based oh. on the books. So yeah. the books are the books. Are, I mean, curious to see the, the differences between. Because the Geralt of the games is not the same as the Geralt in the books, in part because he's older and has gone through other things, so he's not the same character. Uh, the Geralt in the books is a different beast, and it'll be interesting to see how they portray that. It'll be interesting to see how they get into the the Geralt Yennefer relationship because uh, you see how that works out in Witcher Three, but you don't really, you know, they're only pretty they're pretty vague about what happened. Like what happens in the actual stories is is actually pretty sad. Uh, and then what happens to resolve that is interesting, but it raises a very pertinent question, which is then answered either way you wish it to be in Witcher 3. See, that's so. the thing for me. is it's, it's weird to create a linear piece of content based upon something that was nonlinear. So it's like Yennefer. Like, you can romance various women in the game. It doesn't have to be Yennefer. Mm-hmm. So... It, it, it's weird when you try to place your expectations on the TV show or film knowing that the game that they're based on could have gone different directions. But it's not based on the game. Right, it's based on the books. But I think most people, that's going to be their reflection point for watching the show. But it's going to be very clearly, like, the prequel, basically. To, yeah. I mean, it's telling the story of the books, which is which are prequels to the games. And the, game, you know, the, the first Butcher game picks up after the end of the books, which you thought was... A very definitive end, but they came up with a way to continue it, which the author apparently doesn't like very much. But um, you know, it's uh, it's basically a prequel in that regard. Yeah. Um, and the the story of the of his relationship with her is uh, curvy, interesting. And I assume they're bringing Siri into it, and the kind of the the raising of Siri, which you see some flashes of in Witcher Three, but is a much more involved thing, and involves um, what's her name more Triss. Uh, and Triss knows Yennefer, and in the books, Triss is kind of interested in Geralt, but uh, Geralt is very much Yennefer's, and like there's sort of, and so that's why there's so much consternation in the in the games. That as soon as Yennefer was out of the picture, and Geralt didn't remember her anymore, Triss moved in on nah. Geralt. 
And so that's why there's some friction between her and Yennefer in Witcher 3. Um, which you don't really get. If yeah, you, it's very there's subtext, couple, but like you yeah, kind of you kind of pick up on it, yeah. but like you don't really know why. And it's right. because they were sort of a family. Ah, like her and Yen- Yennefer and, and Geralt and Ciri kind of were a family, uh, like a surrogate family sort of thing. Uh-huh. And she saw Triss as sort of breaking that up, moving in. Like, uh, which is just a context you don't get if you don't yeah. know the book, which I didn't when I first played the games uh-huh. until I went back and read them when they were in like, English. Oh, and wait I could a minute. Them. Now that makes sense. So this could be a very helpful like companion to the games, uh, even though it doesn't really have anything to do with the games. Uh, I think that's actually a separate license. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what they do with it. I, think it looks I mean, I'm definitely on board. The only comparable thing would maybe be, yeah, Mortal Kombat, but Mortal Kombat is drawing from... Much cheaper, schlockier material, arguably. Yeah. Depending on how you feel about the Witcher books. Uh, here's a question from Vincent. Uh, of today's reviews, which is more surprising to you, the super low ones for Youngblood or the extremely high ones for Fire Emblem? I didn't even know that there were sky-high reviews for Fire Emblem. Yeah, I think it's at like an 87 or an 88 wow. right now. Wow. On my team. Oh, it's over, dude. I think I had Youngblood. Did you? I think so. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, my team's done. My team yep. was done at E3 when I lost those two games. I can't believe over. I survived Anthem bombing. I know. Well, it right. looks apparently Vincent is saying that Youngblood is at like a six. That's weird. I mean, the Youngblood... So young, anyway, to answer your question... Not that, I played, young yeah, not that I played Youngblood, but getting scores that low surprises me because it's From seems the same like team just, that made Wolfenstein. Yeah, it seems like games. just the same thing, but more. I, I read know. one review today, and... Nah, I'm not going to go there. It's not <laughs> worth it. Uh, yes, I'm more surprised at Wolfenstein. Uh, Fire Emblem always gets high reviews. Did I have Fire Emblem on my team last year? I don't remember. I don't either. I thought I did. Uh, next. Uh, Veritas, congrats on the new studio. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Uh, is Thursday the new day for Game Face? So we're getting that sorted right now. So we have Jared, who's our new TriCaster operator, but he is a busy guy, and he does a bunch of other stuff. So... Um, we, we'd like to lock it down to a single day, so we actually are going to have at least one other TriCaster operator who can fill in when Jared can't do the show. So I honestly don't want to do Thursdays because I don't know if you noticed or not, but in this area, Thursdays is the no parking day. Yeah. So it's like street cleaning all around. I had to park like three blocks away and like carry all my stuff in. So I would prefer to do it on Tuesday. I think Jared said he would prefer Tuesday. If Matt's cool with that, we'll probably eventually get back to Tuesday. Tuesday should be fine. Okay. Uh, But that's what we'd like to do. Obviously, it's release date day for all the games every week, and it it just kind of works out well. Uh, So that's the plan. Well, it Uh, used to be. Now games seem to come out on Friday. No, you're right. A lot of the big ones come out on Fridays for sure. Um, So that's the plan. We'd like to get to Tuesday. But, look, we just... We're flying by the seat of our pants right now. Like, we barely got all this stuff set up in time for the show today. Uh, Jared has done an amazing job, by the way. Let's give Jared a, a round of applause for his first Game Face episode. There he is, raising his hand. He did great. Like, we have the monitor right here. He's done an amazing job. You guys have been watching the show. I'm sure you've picked up on it as well. So uh, we want to work with Jared as much as possible. So we're trying to pick a day that we can make sure we can get him in here uh, as often as possible. So we'll see. Um, follow us on Twitter. We announce everything on Twitter. Also, there's a Game Face thread on Sifted where we post everything about Game Face. So jump on that thread and click at the top. Follow that thread. Every time I post in there telling you like when the show's going live and things like that or when the archive is posted, you'll get a notification on Sifted. So 
jump in there and you'll stay in the loop. But just following us on Twitter should be good enough as we announce everything on there as well. Uh, what else? Uh, Justin Horman with Sam Lake saying they want to make Alan Wake 2. Do you think they could actually find someone to pay them to make it? <laughs> Not so far. <laughs> I mean, I don't... THQ Nordic. Uh-huh. They'll, they'll pay for anything. It's true. I, I feel like THQ Nordic is just funded by, like, Russian mob money or something. No, nah, like, it's funded by some really rich dude who just loves games. Really? Basically. That's what I heard. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they're, it's just insane what they're doing. Like, they're backed by some, like, European billionaire uh, or something. It's really bizarre because, I mean, they... First of all, THQ was never that big to begin with, and then to pick up the corpse of THQ and invest yeah. all this. Well, it crazy was Nordic money. Games, like that's right. what, that's what it right. used to be. And Nordic so wait, is it just the owner of Nordic Games? Yeah. Oh, okay, he's just been wealthy all along, and I think so. Yeah, he, he decided just, he I'm, gonna, I'm gonna die, so I might as well just. I don't think he's very old. Oh really? I, I think it's fine. Oh, so yeah, I think THQ Nordic would be a. Great so I don't know what they're after, but I mean, man, they they just updated Titan Quest again yesterday. Yeah, the day before it's really bizarre. A bunch of bug fixes and stuff. I'm just like, God, these guys are. You're, you're waiting for them to like make the move, and I'm like, I don't know what the move is, but it's not happened yet. I guess I don't know. Like, <laughs> what's going on? Dark Siders Three can't be the move. You would this think like not. weird Dark Siders top down thing can't be the move. Like, you would what's think. going on? I don't know. They it's just, just waiting for the other shoe to drop on that. It's crazy how they're spending money at THQ yeah. Nordic. That guy's going to lose all his fortune if he doesn't watch it. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, Magar, did you guys order your gamer girl bath water? <laughs> nah. No, but if you go to the Sifted merch store right now, there are jars of Shane's bath water, and I'm selling them for half the price, 15 bucks. That's all. Uh, it's, not, it's not worth anything if they don't see you bathe in it. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Well, I can put a photo on Instagram. Hmm. I'll make sure that I, I filter the water through a sieve before I send it out to you guys, just to make sure that there's nothing in there that you don't want, so you just get the bath water. No, I, I, again, I think you're missing the point. They want the stuff. that <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's gross, but I get it. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Uh, freeze frame rate with Cuphead going to Netflix. What game property should get its own TV show? Kind of running out of options at this point because they're all getting tv shows they're they're all kind of (laughs) happening i mean uncharted is obvious i mean that's it's kind of a tv show already yeah um i don't know about tv show but like i've always wanted to see a big budget metroid movie that that is probably Um, the well zelda would probably you know what you know what i would want to make uh if you're talking about tv shows i would make a shadow of the colossus tv show with almost no dialogue and each episode is one colossus. Yeah, an episode, one episode per colossus. Yeah, and like I would watch the, the only dialogue would be like the the occasional cutaways to the the shaman guys like chasing him and <laughs> talking about c- catching up to him. And, yeah, but the rest would basically be him like alone with the horse tracking these things and sometimes talking to him. So like it would be it would be like a sixteen <laughs> episode tone poem. Like no one would watch it, no. but I would absolutely make that that series. <laughs> Oh man, uh, life is strange. Yeah, I mean, would, if you that's think about not a bad idea, you think of any episodic game, they would probably all work. That if they ever finish it, Kentucky Route Zero, oh, yeah. would be a very twin. Maybe they should finish it on yeah. television because obviously it can't finish. Well, it you remember it was games. supposed to come to consoles this year, like with the final episode. Like that was their whole thing was like <laughs> console edition was supposed to complete it with episode five, and then that episode yeah. five would come out on PC. Yeah, I have had that game in my Steam library for six years. Yeah. 
At well, they least. put out an episode last year, right? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Was it was last year or the year before? Or maybe the year before. It's been a long time. At least time a year. Since yeah. episode four. <laughs> At least a year. But that thing would be a very interesting TV series if they ever finish it. Yep. Uh, Wolfox 10JC with the new studio, Matt, Fantasy Star Online, day one stream. Probably not. <laughs> like I don't, I don't see myself really jumping into that yeah. too much. Oh, we're, that's another thing. We're going to be streaming a whole lot more. Um, so in the other room where Jared is running the TriCaster, we have like a separate... I think that is irrevocably the shower now. Yeah, like it's, it's like, the I, don't, shower. I think they've just they've, <laughs> in the shower. They've picked the name for it and it's over. Yeah, our shower doubles as a streaming room for game streaming, uh, and it's not set up yet. Again, like we are flying by the seat of our pants here. I. The glue on this stuff is probably still wet. So <laughs> if a panel falls and, like, hits me, you'll, you'll know why. Like, we literally just got it in under the gunks. We wanted to get a show to you guys. So there's a lot of work left to do still in the other room. There's still a lot of work to do here. Uh, we have a lot of capabilities to do some really cool stuff with our TriCaster, and we're going to do it. Uh, but we just wanted to get a show out to you guys as quickly as possible. So look for lots of changes, lots of game streaming. Um, streaming, we probably will move it to a weeknight because we're going to do uh, today's high score on Saturdays because we need people to call in and we have to have people from Europe and the U.S., which means we need to do it at like noon or one-ish. Uh, so we're not going to be doing Saturday socials on Saturday. And I need Sundays off, people. I need at least one day uh, a week off. So we'll probably move uh, game streaming to some night during the week. Uh, feel free to give us feedback on what day you would prefer that to be. Um, oh, here's a bunch of questions down here. Uh, well, now they're going at us to just make comments. Um, here's one. That, I can't see it. It's Again, it's light green on white. I can never read it. That something, dude. Uh, do you think live demos for E3 is an outdated idea? I'd imagine devs will be happy to not split development time. Uh, I've seen a lot of this over the last month since E3 ended. I saw a lot of discussion on Twitter uh, over whether Sony leaving E3 and not attending E3 this year ended up hurting them or not. Mm -hmm. I think the vast majority of gamers think it didn't hurt Sony at all. But then I think the vast majority of people who were saying things like that were Sony fanboys and they're never going to admit that Sony ever did anything wrong. So I don't think it hurt them at all. You really don't? I, I do. Mean, I mean, I absolutely do. Not at all. Not in any way whatsoever. The average like, because person... Because you know what? Death Stranding and Last of Us 2 are going to sell exactly what they would have sold otherwise. I don't know how Doesn't you know that. Because I'm expecting them to Because you're guessing. <laughs> why wouldn't they? Why would they? If more people hear about it, why wouldn't more people buy it? Because more people hear about it from television advertising. E3, it doesn't But that matter. advertising is going to be the same no matter what. Exactly. Yeah, but the coverage at E3 isn't the same. Who who pays attention to E3 doesn't know about Death Stranding? Who pays... Wait, no, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the mainstream outlets running stuff about E3, reaching people who don't follow E3. They don't reach anyone that the NFL advertising won't reach. I'll, I'll guarantee you, more people know, right now know that there's another Xbox coming next year than know that there's another PlayStation coming next that year. That might be, but they'll know the same thing when Sony comes back to E3 next I, year. I don't necessarily believe that. So we'll see. Um, it's not going to hurt them at all. I mean, they're still going to sell tons of them, obviously. But I, I do not believe that E3 has no value. I'll never believe that. Um, do you think that the live demo though at E3 is outdated? Because we didn't get many I don't of think those. it's outdated. I think it's out of vogue because people ripped live demo stuff 
to shred It's your all own the time. fault. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's your fault. You made your bed. Now you can lie. I mean, in it. This you rip the, people for bugs and problems. This is, in this, live is the demos. this is the natural this outcome of this natural outcome of Puddlegate. Yeah, basically, this is what happens. You want if you want to shame a game for a bug or something that happens on a stage show, and you go on Twitter and you go after the developers and you go after the publisher. This is what happens. They take it away. So. Maybe next time you'll think a little more before you go and flap your gums off on social media and ruin it for everybody else. I mean, you'll probably see Rant over. You'll see some stuff like that next year because they're going to want to show off what things look like on the new hardware. But uh, yeah, this year they decided, well, what's there's no upside to it. Yep. And hard to blame them. Uh, I think there was upside, but that's a whole other discussion. Theoretical, but it's like, you know, from a PR perspective, what do you have to deal with more? Like the few people that like had a positive impression and never say anything about it online or the people that are complaining that your your puddles aren't reflective as they were six, six months ago? Yep. Like, I get it. Oh, I totally get it. Absolutely. Uh, Ian McGar, Shane, have you played either of the new skateboarding games? Didn't you say you skated? I did skate. I skated for 12 years, hardcore, all day, every day, for over a decade. I've not played either of the upcoming skateboard games. Both of them do not look encouraging to me, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. what's I can't even remember what the one is called for PC. I don't know. They, they both look like indie budget janky games to me. Um, the wait for Skate 4 continues. Yeah. I just uh, watched an interview with Tony Hawk <clears> last <throat> night as I was dozing off on the couch before I fell asleep where he was talking about he's working on a new mobile Tony Hawk game. And he discussed the whole thing with skateboarding. And he says he he feels that skate killed skateboarding games because – and he's not, not in a vindictive way – he, he said that, you know, for the whole, for a long time, we had the market to ourselves. And he's like, and look, I'll be honest, I made a lot of money, and that's great. Uh, he said then Skate came out. And he said Skate didn't grow the potential audience for skateboarding games. It just split it in half so that neither one of them could succeed. Mm. And so, therefore, both of the franchises died. And he says he is still shopping around uh, trying to get a skateboard game on consoles. But he said that... Uh, He's not allowed to do a game called Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and because their contract is expired, neither is Activision. <laughs> so it's dead. He mm. said it's like the weirdest thing. He said after it, they realized what happened, he went to his lawyer. He's like, how could this be? He's like, it just worked out that way. Like, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is done. Wow. Unless Activision Time for Tony Hawk's Expert Skater. No, it's called something like that. Yeah. yeah. And he, so there's a mobile game on the way, and I'll, I will check that out. He says that it doesn't sacrifice much from the console games. I don't believe that, but we'll see. It sounds like it's going to be free to play, which means, of course, I'm going to give it a try. But uh, It is an interesting like idea that like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was a particular kind of game. Skate was a very different kind of game. And, yeah, you basically had people who played skateboarding games who wanted one, wanted the other. Yep. And you didn't bring anybody else who was – I didn't bring me in. Nope. I mean, they lost the casuals with Tony Hawk at, like, Tony Hawk 3. That's when I checked out. I mean, much. honestly, yeah. Once, like, the revert and the manual came in, it got too complicated, yeah. and the casual fans bailed. And all that was left was were people like me, mm -hmm. like people who love, skate, who love to skate and love skateboarding, and we're not enough to support a franchise that costs $100 million to make each entry. So, unfortunately – it looks like we're in the black hole of skateboarding. I hope one of those two indie games is great. I really, I really do. Uh, I've seen gameplay of both of them, and it was not encouraging. I was just stunned when they remade Tony Hawk One and couldn't even get that right. Yeah, that's maybe we don't want them to make more yeah. Tony Hawk games. Um, 
Next is Eight Batty. Who's the guy in the back window? You must have missed the opening of the show. That's Jared, our TriCaster operator, or somebody that we're holding hostage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the shower. He, that's the shower we get the bath water from. He has one hand free. We only tied one hand to the <laughs> desk, so we're not that bad. Uh, Joaquin Dragoon, any game you would want a remake of? Mine is Soul Reaver. Well, I would have said Act Razor, but uh, <laughs> that ship has sailed. I would like to see a remake or a remaster of Dragon Force from the Saturn. Uh, I bought a, a, a fully refurbished Saturn off eBay a while ago and started replaying Dragon Age, and that game is still awesome. And I would love to play it with graphics that don't make my plasma scream at me. Yeah. Because it's uh, blowing up 32-bit stuff to... Uh, I mean, because also because I don't have a I don't have an S video in on that on that TV, so I, it's just going through. No composite. TVs have S videos in anymore. It's just going through composite out of the Saturn. It's at, it's it's at like three forty i or something. It's it's horrifying. It's but like it's still S video a great, never even great existed. Game. It's, it's like great, it just never existed. S video. See, I, I loved it. I had S video cables for all my consoles. It made a world oh, of yeah, difference. Same. But like, then not a thing not anymore. anymore. <laughs> but I would I would love to play an updated Dragon Force that looks good. And it otherwise, is is exactly the same. Don't mess with it. Don't don't do it. Don't do Soul Seraph again. Um, tribes next. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Commander Fet 3 Are you going to be live streaming Saturday Hangouts in the new studio? Oh, I kind of went over this already. Saturdays are going to be for today's high score, so our call-in show. So all y'all, get yourself a crappy webcam. Make sure you download Skype and add Sifted Games because we're going to need you guys to make the show work. Uh, we have to have people call in, and it really sucks because we had finally we, – the first episode was really rough. It was me talking the whole time and, like, a few calls. And every week it got better and better until, like I said, the last episode, it was just wall-to-wall calls. And then we lost the studio. I worked so hard on that show to build it up to where it was, and then it went away. So – I have a feeling we're going to have to start over again, probably. The first episode, I'm going to be talking most of the time, and you, uh, we'll get a couple calls. As people start to remember, it's every Saturday. They'll start showing up, and it'll start getting to back to where it was. So Saturdays will not be game streaming. We're going to find a day during the week to do that. Saturdays are going to be for two days high score. Uh, let's see. One more. Hmm. I don't even know what that one is. What's this mean? Andres Sapowski is finally getting that paycheck that he passed up on all those years ago. That's the that's the guy who wrote The Witcher. Oh. So he's after after taking the, right. the that's dump, awesome. the bad deal when he sold the game rights for like a hundred thousand or something and getting nothing else. Oh, Vincent says Metacritics for Youngblood seventy seven, Fire Emblem eighty eight. So Youngblood isn't getting beat up that bad. No. That's in the realm of For some reason. reason. Like, people are surprised Fire Emblem got is rating that high, which surprises me because I'm like, the Fire Emblem always rates that like pretty high. Like, And this one looks good, so why would it not rate high? I don't know. That's why I picked it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's the last question. Second from Justin Horman. We'll let you double dip tonight. Or today, actually. I'm so used to recording this show at night. Uh, do you think it's incredibly bad timing for GTA's casino to launch with everyone looking at gambling in video games right now? 
I mean, sort of, but it's like everyone, everyone in the industry is sort of like, I don't know if these, if these, you know, real money mechanics and games could be considered gambling. And Rockstar is like, fuck the police. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's Rockstar doesn't care. Like they know. Yeah. Like, they, you know, they they know it's just going to be more money for them. Hell, they'll probably invite the controversy if it centers on them. It's just more publicity for them. I mean, I know there's like the the, the countries with stricter gambling laws. You can just walk into a casino and not do anything. Just you can't go to the, play anything because it's gambling there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of the there's going to be an argument about it legally in a lot of different countries um, that I think is going to center around the loophole that a lot of the definitions of gambling, if you can't cash out. It doesn't count as gambling, and obviously Rockstar will not give you your money back if you make more money in the <laughs> casino. Um, so by that standard, apparently it's it's not gambling, but I feel like you throw, hey, this game that has real money transactions where you literally buy poker chips to play in a virtual casino building in the game might make a few amendments happen, but we'll have to, that's going to be a slow legal process, but I think you'll see it start to happen now. Because it's just right in the middle of it. But, like, Rockstar loved to be right in the middle of stuff like that. So, Yep. Uh, before we go, I want to specifically thank our sponsor, DeShazer Ryan Realty, because they had initially sponsored Game Face for right after E3. And then Sam left, and the rest is history. Uh, they were very patient with us and waited for us to launch our new studio. So I want to thank them very much and run their ad once again. Feeling the urge to get away from it all, permanently or for months at a time? Immerse yourself in the best Montana has to offer on 320 acres of remote, heavily forested property. Gaze at your own private lake from the deck of the log cabin. Truly off the grid, soak in a custom wood fire heated hot tub surrounded by wilderness and wildlife. Visit www lostlakemontana.com for more detailed information and images. You can also contact Doug DeShazer today at deshazermt at gmail.com or 406-291-1643. That's deshazermt at gmail.com or 406-291-1643. All right, so that's it. Game Phase Episode 174 in the books. Everything went off pretty good. Yeah. How do you like the new setup with the the mics and headphones? All right, I got to learn not to whack the mic with my hand when I move my hands around. I'm used to doing gestures. I uh, I like being able to hear us because you it makes the audio better, not just because we have better mics and things like that, but you know when you're not close to the mic because mm -hmm. you can hear it. And well, so you you just subconsciously move into the mic to make. I've sure also you're... learned that I smack my lips too much when I talk, <laughs> so I keep starting sentences like, like so I got to stop doing that. So if that annoys anybody. That's going to go away, I promise, because I can hear it now. It is very crystal clear the audio. Like I can hear every little enunciation in these. Uh, so hopefully you guys liked it as well. Hopefully you liked our new studio. You're going to be seeing more of it as we game stream when we get into the other room. Uh, but thank you guys as well for your patience. I really appreciate it. I know it's tough when you're paying for content uh, on a monthly basis and the content is com isn't coming as frequently as you would like. Uh, I did the best I could. I've literally busted my ass for the last month uh, hauling all this stuff up in here. It's, it's been crazy. But trust me when I said I have been going after it, trying to get this up as quickly as possible. So thank you, all our patrons, all our subscribers for being patient. As it said on the lower third earlier, it is the dawn of a new day 
on Sifted. And I just want to thank you guys for helping us get to this point where we could have a new dawn. New in the, day? In the first place. So hope you guys have liked fans. the changes to Game Face. Hope you guys like the studio. I'm pretty happy with it. it when I had the idea for it, I didn't think it would turn out this good. So <laughs> I'm pleasantly surprised by how the studio has turned out. Uh, and so thank you guys on the on the uh, stream. Watch uh, this weekend. I will be on the Sifted Community Podcast, The Beer Umverit, where I will share my five or six favorite beers and when and why I like to drink them, in addition to talking about games. So that should probably be on the site late Saturday, early Sunday. Look out for that. Uh, Pactor Factor is rolling. Everything's just going to start rolling out again now that we finally have our space. So thank you guys for everything. Thanks for watching. Game Face is up and out. We'll <laughs>